Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to your sixth episode of the Kratom Guy Show. I'm your host, Mike Overstreet, the Boston Kratom Guy. Welcome back to another great episode of the show. This week on the show, a very special guest, Keith Pescucci. He is an activist from New York. On Twitter, he goes by Keith Kratom Legal. I was 28 years old. Um, I was in agony, my lower back. I was at almost 300 pounds. And I went to my orthopedics doctor that I had known for many years. His first idea was, let's let's talk about surgery. And uh, I know that wasn't an option for me at 28. I wasn't ready to do that. And then, uh, you know, he, he wanted to try opioids. So I did try one prescription and uh, of oxycodone, and I never even finished them. They made me feel terrible. Couldn't work. I couldn't do my job. I, I couldn't drive. Uh, it was ridiculous. I mean, there was no way, and it didn't help my pain either. So it was it was relatively uh, useless for me. So I started using over-the-counter medications, um, uh, Aleve specifically, and that's naproxen sodium, which ate holes in my stomach and caused bleeding ulcers. And in uh, 2009, uh, I had to go to the gastroenterologist and, and have that taken care of, and they told me to stop using the naproxen. I've been a teacher since 1996, so I mean, you know, come 2000, I was using 10 sick days a year, all for back-related pain. But there were days I got out of bed, I couldn't stand up, laying on the ground. My wife had to call my my principals, my job, and tell them I wasn't going to be able to make it. I mean, I was in agony. Eventually, I decided to check out just natural pain relievers. I gave it a shot, and uh, I was I was shocked. Within a half an hour, I felt my back. It just, it just started to feel better. It just started to, the pain started to fade away. It didn't go away. I mean, it, I still have a little bit of back pain, of course, but I mean, I was able to get to the point where I was able to exercise again. I was able to get my active lifestyle again. I lost 109 pounds. I put a full gym in my house. It motivated me to, to do these things. Um, it, it made me a better husband. It made me a better son. It made me a better teacher. I looked forward to going to work. I was motivated. I was focused. I was able to, and, and I'm still able to, you know, multitask like a champ. I mean, I, and, and I believe that Kratom has a lot to do with that. I still have degenerative disc disease. That didn't go away, but it doesn't bother me anymore. I have not taken one back pain-related sick day since 2011. So in eight years. I've not taken a back-related sick day, and that's after, you know, many years of taking all of my sick days. had the great opportunity of sitting down with him and talking about his experience with the mainstream media. He's he's done numerous interviews, and um, he reached out to me after uh, my interview on WBZ. Didn't go the way, exactly the way I thought it was going to. So I have a great conversation with him, kind of talk about what happened with my WBZ interview and how that went down, Um, have lots of Kratom current events to cover, uh, NIDA Awards, University of Florida, College of Pharmacy, an additional $3.4 million for Kratom research. That's on top of the uh, original $3.5 million that was already awarded. More Mississippi towns are banning Kratom. 
with at least one town of West Point saying no, they are currently rejecting a ban. Monument Colorado puts a moratorium on Kratom-related business licenses, and uh, Square starts a invite-only CBD company um, credit card processing pilot program. So I'm going to talk about that as well, uh, which which that will go into uh, my business updates. We're going to have all those stories and more coming up shortly. This is my first show uh, that it is very long, so please let me know what you think uh, on Twitter or Facebook. Um, I am going to put the timeline in the description to help you skip around, but before anything else, I want to just play this quick clip of next week's show, which is interview with former Huffington Post reporter Nick Wing. If the the reflex was to, we're getting a mis, messed up reading here because because kratom can't have killed them according to the science, which is accurate. I mean, not that we know at least. Uh, let's let's check again. You'd be more likely to get a more accurate reading. Instead, they're being encouraged to do the opposite, which is that if you have any metrogenin in the system, it gives them a silver bullet to just attribute that as a cause of death, which makes their job easier. And honestly, is consistent with what they're being told by other health officials, so I understand why they're doing it. But as, as I and others have said, I mean, this becomes a self-perpetuating narrative of, of fatal harm when that is not what the science is, is telling us. And it's just, it's just wrong and it, it's inaccurate and it, it's really problematic. And I think, and it just really speaks to how, how broad of a brush they're painting here. You know, like a Kratom-associated death in the official definition is any any person who dies with with kratom in their system, and that is just a sloppy, overly broad way of, of counting these these deaths. I mean, it, it, a lot of as we know now, I mean, millions of people are using this stuff. Anytime someone dies of um, an, an accident, and anytime someone crashes, anytime someone is killed, and, and a toxic stream comes back for this, are we supposed to say that it played a role in their death? No, I mean, that's absurd. So the problem is that the narrative is out there and it's being pushed by people who should know better and apparently don't. We'll have all those stories plus more coming up soon. But first, I wanted to say, as always, a big thank you to you, the listener, and especially my local clients who purchase Kratom. Uh, I do have a deal going on right now, local free local delivery uh, or free shipping for any purchases over $50. So if you are looking for excellent quality Kratom direct from Indonesia, um, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Boston Kratom Guy. And I have turned on listener support. So... Uh, that link will also be in the show notes, but that link is anchor.fm slash show slash support. And if you enjoy the show, get anything out of it, want to help contribute to spreading this, this message um, of keeping Kratom legal, you can support for as little as 99 cents a month, uh, $4.99 a month, or uh, $9.99 a month. So any um, any support will be greatly appreciated. 
Um, but what you can really do if, if you if you enjoy the show, even if you don't enjoy the show, please uh, like, comment, share. So wherever you may see this, especially on um, Apple Podcasts, because Apple Podcasts, I have three star out of five, uh, two ratings, which the second one uh, can't see. I'm guessing somebody gave me a good review, but uh, somebody gave me one star. So if you enjoy the show, please give a review there. Um, you can support us by listener support, but also sharing, liking, commenting, uh, that really helps out. If you would like to be a sponsor of the show, um, you have a natural product or uh, something you sell that agrees with the, the message um, of the show, get in touch. I'm happy to work out any, any type of sponsorship deals um, or just happy to have you on the show if you're in the creative business, uh, if you want to talk about what's happening in your business or uh, anything like that. So I'm going to try something a little bit different this week, uh, changing up the format. And um, before I get into my special guest and the current news, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's happening with me, my business, and um, stuff like that. And I'll also get a little bit, you know, talking a little bit about myself um, when I go into it with Keith's story. So yeah, I've been... Trying to research, um, well, not trying to. I have been researching uh, about about doing podcasts because I am not a podcaster, and um, yeah, I just really just did this just to update my text list that uh, who was buying kratom from me, and the the feedback on it has been really positive, um, and actually got it was great. Um, got a call this week so that. A uh, older gentleman was listening to the show. He's like, I got a whole education from you, so thank you. Um, so that was really nice to talk to Kratom, uh, talk about Kratom with him for a while, but the call, call kind of broke up. So, um, yeah, I am up for talking Kratom with anyone, whoever, uh, whenever. You can reach me on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter uh, or, or my Facebook. And I'm going to have a lot more places uh, we can find me in the near future, but the what I'm thinking is the format will go into a little bit, um, be the intro, a little bit talking about me and my update, update with my business, current events, and then get into my special guest, uh, if I have one, and then wrap it up, which next week is going to be special guest Nick Wing, former Huffington Post reporter. Um, who's done so much for the Kratom movement. So stay tuned for next week's show. So my update for me this week is going to let everyone know my business update about what I'm going to be doing uh, with Mass Herbal and Mass Herbal Market and how I plan on moving forward. Now, I'm going to be moving forward with a couple, multiple projects that all fall under one company, Mass Herbal LLC. And the the whole premise of the company was to sell Kratom. So I thought I was starting a essentially a Kratom company and selling other people's products. And once I really started diving into this whole thing of uh, selling other people's products, 
selling um, what I'm now calling is herbal remedies from small local businesses we know, like, and trust, or we know, love, and trust. So my whole idea was to bring products that we know are doing the right thing, non-GMO, organic, um, herbal products that are bringing people good and helping people. So I figured um, I could sell these other people's products as well as Kratom. And now the major difficulty is with credit card processing. And to make this a seamless, um, seamless process for clients, I need to be able to take credit card processing. And now if someone can help me and they know credit card processors that are not offshore, that cost like 8% per transaction, let me know. I'm going to be looking into crypto, but the bottom line is if I want to sell other people's herbal products that are not as restrictive as Kratom, because no payment processor will allow Kratom sales right now, I won't be able to sell Kratom. Now the ultimate goal is to sell GMP quality Kratom. That's good manufacturing, uh, I should say GMP comparable Kratom. Now, that's good manufacturing process, so it's essentially getting tested for um, any type of bacteria, allergen, uh, the pesticides, and heavy metals. So those are the big threes. Any uh, germs or bacteria, pesticides, heavy metals. So when I started looking at it, and right now I have Kratom that comes directly from Indonesia, isn't tested, isn't regulated, and honestly it wouldn't even meet my criteria to sell in the store <clears throat> so that's the goal the goal is to sell quality tested kratom where we know where it comes from we know it's tested we know it's it's good um, and i can't do that on a massive scale nor will i be able to take credit card processing that i know of so right now my kratom sales are um, pretty limited. They're something I'm doing on the side, so if you'd like Kratom, I still have a very decent supply of it. Um, very happy to sell it. Very happy to, to talk Kratom with you anytime. So please get in touch. And I am running a summer special that it's free shipping for all orders over $50. Um, so get in touch. 617-917-5242. Uh, so, um, with that being said, the ultimate goal is to sell quality Kratom that's been tested. So I thought that was going to be selling this Kratom that I have now, getting it randomly tested and kind of going forward with that. But with all these um, restrictions with the credit card processing, it's kind of out of the question. So let me tell you what I have going on now. So everything is under mass herbal llc that's the name of my company um and what i'm doing is structuring it into the smaller projects under the llc so i have mass herbal market where that's going to be the online marketplace and i've already talked to a few vendors i went to herb stock this weekend which is in somerville um i believe there's two of them a year winter and spring <clears throat> And I went there this weekend um, and talked to a few different vendors, especially two that I've been talking to that I met previously, 
and those two are Heart Grown Wild and Ariel's Infused Honey. Both out of Vermont, both have excellent quality products, both with the non-GMO or organic standard with all their ingredients. Um, and I use them daily. No joke, I use them daily. If people ask me where can I get topicals, where can I get CBD topicals, um, or um, I always, if honey comes up, I guess I recommend Ariel's Infused Honey. But her uh, Samurai Blend uh, has so much, I think it's like cayenne, cloves, maybe a little black pepper, turmeric. It's so good. I put that in my oats, all of her different honeys, I put it in my tea. But anyways, I talked to them. Uh, they are both very interested in coming to sell their products on my store. So hopefully I don't upset anybody by, by mentioning it, but I am in talks with them. Um, so hopefully next week I'm going to actually be setting up meetings, talking with them. I have a few other vendors that are also interested. So the, the, the goal is eventually to sell the quality kratom and how I'm going to get there is masterable market selling, um, different, you know, herbal accessories, uh, teapots, stuff like that. Um, and then as well as other people's products. And the, the goal of Masterable Market is for it to stand on its own and for it to be a great launching pad or a platform for these small businesses that are doing the right thing, that are trying to get their name out there, or they have products that they want to get rid of, a fire sale, maybe it's been on their shelves a while, it's going to expire, something like that where we can work together um, to help build small businesses that are doing the right thing. So it's uh, selling or buying off the site will help support, will not only uh, help drive the business, but also it, the big part of it is uh, helping the small boutique shops really uh, get more sales and get their name out there because, like I said, especially these two products, those are um, two that I use daily and uh, we, we know, love, and trust them. So uh, that's Mass Herbal Market and that's still um, moving forward. I spent like all last week trying to, and I'm doing this all myself, so please, if uh, I'm going to have a couple ways you guys can support once the store is open um, and also once the iHeart Kratom store is open, you guys will have many opportunities to support, but if you'd like to become a, um, a supporter of the show, please just hit that listener support button and you can support for less than a dollar <clears throat> a dollar a month. So it would be greatly appreciated and I'm really looking to raise some money to buy better equipment so I can make these shows directly from my computer and not have to upload it on my phone. Um, so that's Mass Herbal Market. The other store I'm working on is a Shopify store called iHeartCreatum, iHeartCreatum.com. Now, neither of these stores are up yet, so I spent all last week trying to get the Masterable Market done. I have it pretty much done, but it's looking pretty bare because there's no products there. Um, so I need to get some product examples in there and open it up to the vendor so they can take a look and we can start selling uh, almost immediately. Um, so I spent all week trying to get that done to get ready for herb stock. And I almost had it done, but it's uh, still needs some tweaking. Um, so 
Um, I'm hoping that will be done within the next week or two. Definitely within June, because I need to get that up and going. And the other store I'm working on is a Shopify store called iHeartCreatum. So that is going to be, we will not be selling Kratom there. That will be uh, all things Kratom related. So Kratom gear, uh, clothing, accessories, gifts, and more. So anything that might help like portioning or taking a Kratom and a bunch of cool designs that really are going to be big, bold, I heart Kratom, I love Kratom, Kratom saves lives making big statements because we want to get it out there that we do love Kratom. It's helpful. It's it's safe. It's beneficial. And how much I, I want to have people come and ask me, hey, what's Kratom? Maybe a big shirt that says, ask me about Kratom. So if you have an idea for a Kratom related shirt, gear, um, hats, tanks, hoodies, mugs, long sleeves, if you have an idea, uh, you want something printed on a shirt, let me know. I'm working with my amazing designer, Amanda Prather, out of Salem, Mass. Um, she has done everything uh, for my Mass Herbal store, and she will be doing everything for the iHeart Kratom store. So she's amazing. I can't wait to display some of her work. But she's going to be uh, helping to design a lot of the t-shirt designs for the iHeart Kratom store. So... Those are the two uh, main projects, and then I have, of course, Boston Kratom Guy, which, again, just kind of spurred up from um, being on Twitter and eventually starting the show. So it's these three projects that I'm working on, and to be quite honest, um, you know, I'm doing this all on my own, so it's it's a lot. Um, I do sometimes get overwhelmed and wish I had a partner. I do have my amazing partner, uh, Helen, my fiance, we are getting married in September. Um, so she's been amazing. She really helps me out, but, uh, not with the day to day. We had the food truck before and we both ran that the day to day and her own business is not really for her. Um, but she does help me out immensely. So I am able to kind of bounce ideas off her, but uh, it does get overwhelming at times, so I'm trying to do the best I can and balance everything. Once I, because I'm building all the stores too myself, all the online marketplaces, uh, iHeartCreatum as well as Mass Herbal Market. So it's been a lot of back end work that I'm not used to. I built uh, quite a few websites, but this is something the e commerce side is something I'm not used to. So when I do open, I will open in beta. It will be open to all my listeners first, and I'll give you guys all code. Um, but that's pretty much my update this week. I just wanted to jump in real quick here at the end. And, um, well, you guys know I actually have another update, because within the last few days, uh, I was contacted by a store in Cambridge that uh, they want to start carrying my, my Kratom in their store. Um so they actually said they could probably help out with, with testing if they want to split it with me. So it looks like things are moving um, forward with Kratom maybe sooner sooner than I thought. So uh, we're going to go back to the original plan of selling all items, including Kratom, on the store, uh, but only giving the option for payment processing um, on those products that we're allowed to. And uh, all the other products... 
um, the Kratom products will have a Kratom purchasing page where you can um, purchase either cash in person or bank transfer or um, check or money order by mail. So, um, yeah, I'll have another update um, next show. So, again, if uh, you'd like to support the show, um, you can do that by becoming a listener supporter for as little as 99 cents a month um, or go up to 4.99 a month if you're getting anything out of this. Um, but a major way you can help out is just to like, comment, share. So whatever platform this may be on, um, especially if you are on uh, Apple Podcasts. If you are on Apple Podcasts, uh, please just just leave a review. I have... <clears throat> I have what I think is now a three-star review on there, um, and somebody gave me a one-star and said that it sounded like I was reading. So I, I don't really read from there unless I it's like you know I got my outline, um, maybe some the interview I'm usually reading. I have my questions I want to make sure I ask people, um, but I'm reading articles. So what I want to do as well is uh, get the get the podcast up i also want to start putting these on youtube and other video sites where i can show what i'm talking about as well and i'll probably record the whole show and then break up certain clips um, to put to video i just wanted to jump in real quick here at the end and um well you guys know i actually have another update because within the last few days uh, it was contacted by a store in Cambridge that uh, they want to start carrying my, my Kratom in their store. Um, so they actually said they could probably help out with, with testing if they want to split it with me. So it looks like things are moving um, forward with Kratom maybe sooner sooner than I thought. So uh, we're going to go back to the original plan of selling all items, including Kratom, on the store uh, but only giving the option for payment processing um, on those products that we're allowed to. And uh, all the other products, um, the Kratom products, will have a Kratom purchasing page where you can um, purchase either cash in person or bank transfer or um, check or money order by mail. So, um, yeah, I'll have another update um, next show. If you would like to be on the show... I'm always looking for, for guests. If you have a story or something Kratom related, you want to be on the show talking, please get in touch. My Twitter is at Boston Kratom Guy. I'm happy to, uh, to talk to anyone um, about Kratom, any questions you may have. So please reach out, get in touch. We have a great show in store for you this week. So please stay tuned and let's get right into it. So we're going to get right into it with Kratom news and current events. We have a lot to get through. I got a lot of open tabs, so I'm going to try to breeze through it quickly. Um, again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please get in touch. Reach out on Twitter, Facebook, um, or uh, this podcast is on many different um, platforms. And this would be a good time for a small disclaimer that neither myself nor any of my guests are medical professionals. Nothing we say should be considered medical advice. 
and you should always seek the advice of a physician or medical professional before taking anything. Any copyrighted material is used under fair use for education or criticism. Enjoy the show! So, uh, first we have from the American Creative Association uh, two updates from them. One is really great news. Uh, this is all Kratom current events from the past uh, week or so, last couple weeks since I haven't made a show. So the big news is in Nevada, State Senate unanimously approves the Kratom Consumer Protection Act. Concurrence by the House on amendment is expected soon. Then on to the governor for signature. So... That looks like that's just a couple steps away. Uh, Louisiana update. A bill to ban Kratom in Louisiana was proposed by Representative Christopher Turner. Um, so the AKA said that when they met with the, or the AKA lobbying team met with Rep. Turner and showed him the Kratom Consumer Protection Act, the KCPA framework, he immediately agreed to amend his bill. So like that is being amended. Uh, Ohio update is moving forward with the process of classifying Kratom as a Schedule 1. It's just, it's really sick. It, it is that we can, that we've, somehow it's become okay in a society where those that don't use plants for healing properties uh, and choose to use, um, I guess, nothing, or what's proven uh, deadly chemicals, deadly drugs, um, those are okay, but if we choose to use plants that have been uh, healthy and safety, safe for centuries, proven safe for centuries, um, that those people that use those plants are in a lower class of uh, citizen that... If you choose to use these plants that are banned, you are in a lower class and um, they will use violence against you. It's state sanctioned violence up into death if you try to resist. So it's. I, I can't believe people are still banning this. It's just looking at the, the least bit of science behind it uh, really clears everything up. So they said they're continuing to work with Ohio rulemaking procedures and they're looking for a sponsor of the Creative Consumer Protection Act in Ohio. Uh, New York Senate uh, Senator David Carlucci has filed a Creative Consumer Protection Act. That actually Keith talks about this that he he went um, Carlucci filed a ban, uh, Kratom, filed a Kratom ban three years ago and has changed his mind. Uh, Oregon has unanimously passed Kratom Consumer Protection Act. Talked about that last week. Missouri update. Um, looks like they said in Missouri they were set to, to pass Kratom Consumer Protection Act, but they ran out of time and they are hoping to do it next year. Um... In Rhode Island, have Representative Brian Patrick Kennedy 
who is going to be sponsoring HB 5542, which is the Rhode Island Consumer Protection Act. New Jersey, uh, AKA and BEA have been cooperating in stopping A2865, the current proposed Kratom ban in New Jersey, legislation filed by Representative Ronald S. Dancer. Bill is currently sitting in committee. So if you're in New Jersey, um, I want to look into that. Wisconsin, they said they have lobbyists that are working to remove the ban for the past eight months and making considered headway. Illinois, looks like nothing yet. They have interest. Kansas, they also have interest in promoting Creative Consumer Protection Act. And Pennsylvania, I guess the representative Conklin, Conklin um, has expressed a willingness to learn more about Kratom and is looking into Creative Consumer Protection Act. So it looks like these last four, Illinois, Kansas, Tennessee, and Pennsylvania, looks like AKA has something moving, but um, not fully. The next update is also from the American Kratom Association. Now, it's this is a super interesting story because I saw this... I saw this story on Business Wire. Uh, this was, let's see, May 22nd. Um, this is coming from a group who's calling itself Kratom Information and Resource Center. Launches campaign in wake of tsunami of unfair, unbalanced coverage of coffee-like herb. Kratom Media Watchdog campaign opens with petition urging fair reporting, news analysis, News analysis shows nearly all stories about Kratom are unfair and unbalanced. And uh, they have infographs showing 92% of the stories are negative, 6% are neutral, and 2% are positive. Now, uh, I'm just going to read a little bit into this. This is their press release in Business Wire. An astonishing 92% of nearly 2,500 stories about the coffee-like herb Kratom published between February 1st and May 17th, uh, 2019, were unfair and unbalanced, according to a media analysis published today by the newly launched Kratom Information and Resource Center. In response, the Kratom Information and Resource Center is urging concerned citizens to sign a petition to nine leading U.S news organizations appealing for fair journalism to be practiced when it comes to Kratom. Now, it goes on. The Kratom Information and Resource Center petition reads... Reads, in part, as the heads of the leading U.S. organizations representing journalists covering news, science, and health issues, you are in a position to encourage your members to start reporting on the coffee-like herb Kratom in a fair and balanced way. Please urge them to tell both sides of the story, seek out reputable scientists who dispute claims made against Kratom, and stop depicting Kratom consumers as unsavory characters. Kratom consumers are drawn from all walks of life, including doctors, teachers, law enforcement officers, veterans, grandparents, and nearly... Uh, in nearly all the United States, con- consumption of Kratom is legal, even though media coverage ha- often incorrectly depicts it as illicit or some type of street drug. So it goes on to talk about um, really that all the, um, the coverage has been mainly negative and that it's petitioned to the media. Um, so first I thought 
this looks great. And you look, contacts are Max Carlin and MK, M. Carlin at Hastings Group. So I have no idea about Hastings Group, no idea who they are or what they do. Um, so then almost immediately after this, that was... So that was May 22nd. This is May 24th. May, a.k.a. Legislative Update from the American Kratom Association, Mac Haddow, Senior Fellow of Public Policy. This uh, message reads, A new and real threat to every Kratom consumer that could undermine our momentum and give our critics more ammunition. I am writing today to warn every Kratom advocate about a serious threat to the momentum we built over the past several months that has led to overwhelming support in the passage of the Creative Consumer Protection Act in Utah, Georgia, and Arizona. And goes on to say that they expect other, several other states will approve this support legislation next coming week. Um, that they are leading, aka is the leading Creative Consumer Advocacy Group in America, blah, blah, protecting uh, protect and preserve our freedom to use pure and natural kratom for health and well-being. That you know when you sign up for the AKA, they'll never sell your information. Uh, blah blah. A new group has emerged that calls themselves the Kratom Information and Resource Center. In my opinion, the better name you can give to this new group is Trouble. So they are warning of this group. I personally am a strong believer in free speech, and normally would. Welcome any positive input from supporters in Kratom community, but I have to draw the line when the purpose of the creation of this group and the strategy they are using threatens not only the work we have done up until now, but also makes our advocacy efforts going forward indefinitely more difficult. So it goes on to talk about how this new group wants to uh, advocate is to sign a petition that will be sent to leading news organizations to decry the unfair coverage on Kratom. This new group wants to poke the beast in the eye despite the fact that the media can bury us with an avalanche of negative news stories that will make our advocacy work far more difficult, if not impossible. So it continues that um, essentially they're, they're warning of this group saying that they're not sure what they're going to do with your email um, when you sign up with them. And this they, they say, uh, Max says, this new group claims that most individuals associated with the Kratom Information and Resource Center were involved in the successful 2016, 2016 campaign to stop the U.S. Uh, DEA pushed to schedule Kratom as an illegal drug. So he says in, in the letter, who exactly are these people? I was working in the halls of Congress and the executive branch on this issue in 2016. The very few of us back then on the front lines, those who were involved then, those who were involved then mostly have moved on to affiliate, to affiliate with Kratom vendors and would not have much credibility as honesty, as honest advocates, advocacy brokers in this effort. They say, and the new group expresses a commitment to promoting transparency, but then promises only to disclose funding sources on an annual basis. So if this is a vendor-funded initiative that would have access to the names of anyone who signs a petition, that could go 
that can be used for sales. Uh, you don't know until a year from now. Big Pharma uses similar tactics by funding show groups that claim to be consumer or patient advocates, but then the media has a field day exposing them as astroturf, also known as fake. Advocacy organizations funded by drug companies. So I don't think that's, that's uh, what he's saying is exactly happening um, with this group, but um, he's, it's kind of like a roundabout way of, of saying it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so they're saying they're not, they're not involved at all with these guys. And then I go over to their page and... Their page is pretty vague as to what they do. They talk about how um, there's not, uh, there's been unfair coverage and they got this petition. So I found some of the petition and it says the media accountability. So this is on the Kratom Information and Resource Center's page. Um, the media accountability petition now featured at the Kratom Information and Resource Center website is directed to ASNE, the American Society of News Editors, Association of Healthcare Journalists, Investigative Reporters and Editors, MPA, the Association of Magazine Media, NAB, uh, National Association of Broadcasters, National Association of Science Writers, News Media Alliance, National Newspaper Association, and the Society of Professional Journalists. It goes on to say, uh, the Cranium Information Resource Center petition reads in part, as heads of the leading U.S. organizations representing journalists covering news, science, and health issues, you are in a position to encourage your members to start reporting on the coffee-like herb Kratom in a fair and balanced way. Please urge them to tell both sides of the story, seek out a reputable scientist who dispute claims against Kratom, and stop depicting Kratom consumers unsavory. Um... Yeah, so that's pretty much it. And, uh, yeah, the Hastings Group. So that's on their uh, news center page. And you go to, to their about page. And their about page is also pretty vague. Um, the media watchdog organization devoted to fighting the truth about Kratom. K-A-I-K-I-R-C undertakes research, education, and direct one-on-one -on -one outreach to promote fair and balanced news coverage of Kratom. Most individuals associated with the Kratom Information and Resource Center were involved in the 2016 campaign to stop U.S. drug enforcement to push uh, schedule, to schedule Kratom. So I find it very interesting that you go on to their Kratom Experts research page and it lists, it's got eight Kratom experts, and there are some good ones on there. Uh, Dr. Edward W. Bohr, uh, Jack Henningfield, Dr. Jack Henningfield, Dr. Mark Swagger, uh, Dr. Christopher McCurdy, and a few others. But you click on each individual name, and it just gives their bio and the Kratom studies associated with them. It doesn't, it's, I could pull this off, off, off the internet and put this together um 
it doesn't say that any of them actually work with them. It just, I mean, it's great resource. It shows the science, but it's not really clear to me if these scientists and experts have endorsed this page or what. And the, the American Kratom Association is refuting it completely, saying this is a bad idea. It takes away resources. So I really don't know what to think, but uh, that's in the news. So looking at this page's Twitter, it looks like almost immediately after May 28th, they they put out this humongous tweet, uh, seven-part tweet, that I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll go through it a little bit. It says, as our slogan indicates, the Kratom Information and Resource Center at kratominfocenter.org is dedicated to facts, not fiction. We are more than happy to address any questions you may have. For starters, consider the following seven facts. Uh, K-I-R-C is not a membership organization, is a media watchdog group. We are not asking for individual donations or competing with any other group. We are huge fans of the AKA. In fact, we donate to them. We contribute. Join us. Number three, we 100% support legislation and regulatory work of the AKA. We in no way compete with those efforts. AKA has acknowledged it is focusing on laws, regulations, not PR. Uh, that's where we come in, and that's with 92% negative coverage. The PR needs doing. 100% of the funding comes from the Kratom industry. In fact, our funders also support the AKA. We do not accept funding from non-Kratom sources. I'd like to know who are the sources. So I'm going to ask them that right now on Twitter. So I just asked them, I said, hi, I would like to know who are the industry funding sources. The page doesn't say, nor does it say if any of the scientists or experts have actually done any direct work with KIRC. So clarification, clarification on that as well would be nice. So I will send that off. Number five, Kratom Information Research Center is housed at the Hastings Group, the PR uh, PR slash issue firm hired by the AKA in 2016 to fight the DEA Kratom ban push. The AKA officials and others in Kratom world have been kind in praising our role in 2016. We fight for Kratom. Number six, we study Kratom in the news, tsunami of negative reports. And number seven, showcases the best facts and experts. The media need to tell the Kratom story and KIRC site makes clear we do not pay them. We just want reporters to know who to contact. We make no apologies for getting the Kratom facts out there. So, uh, it seems like they are doing good work, but the AKA is warning against them, so I really don't know what to think. Uh, let me guys, let me know what you guys think in the comments, and we'll move on to our next news story. The next story is something I already touched, in with the, uh, touched on with the AKA legislation update. This is from the Las Vegas Sun reporting on Assembly Bill 303, Kratom Regulation. The bill would regulate the use of Kratom, a plant originally from Southeast Asia that people use for pain relief. Multiple states have banned Kratom, but it remains legal at federal level. This bill would ban the sale of plant to minors and the sale of Kratom products with additives. So it does look like that bill is um, poised to pass in Las Vegas. So next is a another 
another ban proposal coming out of now. I should probably find the latest update on this, but um, I believe this is Mississippi Town again. Um, that this is from News Press Now, local news. On Monday evening, this is from believe May 23rd, Monday evening, Mayor Bill McMurray announced a proposed ordinance to the city council that would ban Kratom, a plant that is imported from Southeast Asia and is used for pain relief. McMurray said the proposal comes after the recommendation of the Opioid Task Force. It says the substance, which is sold in many smoke shops across the city, is dangerous. Um, I place a lot of credence in the Opioid Task Force recommendation that we should ban this, McCurry said. We certainly don't want to make it easier for people to use this and move on to other things or to mix it with things. These things are just ridiculous. The vast majority of people are using it to get away from the deadly drugs. Um, having it unregulated doesn't make it any harder to get. It just makes it more dangerous. <laughs> Uh, the mayor cited that the FDA said they should ban it, which is very flawed science. Um, their safety, eight-factor safety uh, analysis is completely flawed, and uh, Dr. Jack Henningfield did one way before they did and makes a lot more sense. Um, so it goes on to cite the FDA and um, DA and... Let me just read that. FDA is concerned that Kratom, which affects the same opioid brain receptors as morphine, appear to have properties that expose users to the risk of addiction, abuse, dependence, the FDA said in a press release. So, let me talk about that. That the same opioid brain receptors. So, what they're talking about is opioid peptides. You know, the, the same systems in the brain which react to milk, carbs, nutmeg, sugar, chocolate, caffeine. It, it's just because it reacts to that system doesn't mean that it's going to hit like morphine. It, it's like it's so ludicrous to, to say these things that I create them resembles morphine at all. Um, so it goes on that the DEA administration, uh, DEA similar condones the substance, pushing for it to be scheduled as Schedule One alongside heroin and marijuana, which is just ridiculous to me. Um, that's another story, though. Um, okay, so here's the part I was looking for. Uh, one Centers for Disease Control and Prevention study found in one year that 91 deaths were kratom-related, though. Uh, though but seven saw at least one additional substance present. So that's kind of a, a weird, very weird way of saying that um, all the deaths, only seven of them had uh, showed up for only Kratom. But in the CDC report itself, it says that it cannot be ruled out that they didn't have other substances in their body. Uh, a 2017 study found 51 people died from caffeine overdoses. This is something that Councilman Brian Myers said shows the fear surrounding Kratom is unfounded. I got a quote from Myers, uh, who sounds like to be the only voice of reason in this room. There were only seven, seven Kratom-related deaths 
in the past 12 months nationwide, and those are people who had taken copious amounts of the substance, Myers said. By comparison, there are more than more people who die per year by overdosing on caffeine pills than there were for Kratom, and no one's talking about regulating caffeine. No one is talking about regulating the use of monster, monster energy drinks with an excessive amount of alcohol, uh, which is very detrimental to your health goes on to say, since the initial introduction, since citizens have reached out to Myers to share how Kratom has helped. Good part of this article, one gentleman in particular can't take known for, sorry, I can't pronounce it, estaminophen, I want to say estaminophen, but it says known, uh, for pain management because it has burned a hole in his stomach. Myers said he uses Kratom responsibly to manage his pain because he is afraid of using opioids because of what opioids have done to our community. Myers said he believes banning Kratom will only lead to a black market or use of street drugs in its placement. Philosophically, banning a substance only creates a black market for that substance, Myers said, and it also opens the door for more dangerous, dangerous substitutes to enter the market illegally. So that's pretty much on that story. Um, it, it does have a, a quote from Chris uh, Purdy, owner of Torch and Nail, who, uh, who sells Kratom and agreed that uh, banning it, uh, there's plenty of other towns nearby that will sell it, and uh, you can buy it online. Uh, just making it harder for people to use it and restricting someone like me who has a business. <clears throat> um, the very end of the article, this so has uh, a quote from Mick Curry. says, I'll sponsor it, and we'll talk it out at the council meeting. We'll figure out the best course of action, uh, best course of, what the best course of action is uh, for St. Joe, says Mick Curry. So it looks like you know they have a couple people there that are speaking reason and fighting against it. Um, so if I hear anything on that, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Next story up is a really great story. Um, NIDA awards University of Florida College of Pharmacy additional $3.4 million grant to study Kratom. So this story is coming out of um, University of Florida Health, directly from the University uh, College of Pharmacy, the University of Florida College of Pharmacy page, as well as the Florida Trend. And I'll, I'll read from... Uh, directly from the University of Florida page. Or, uh, just give me a quick overview because this is really some great work that uh, Dr. McCurdy and his team are doing. Um, so, the article opens up, Although Kratom is seen as possible remedy for drug addiction, it's typically associated with harm in Western countries, but not in those in Southeast Asia where, it le where its leaves have been used for hundreds of years. Now the National Institute of Drug Abuse has awarded researchers at the University of Florida College of Pharmacy a multi-million dollar grant to find out why. The five-year $3.4 million grant comes on the heels of another two-year $3.5 million NIDA grant awarded to the college in December. Uh, the first NIDA-funded study examines the Kratom alkaloids individually. This grant evaluates these alkaloids together to study Kratom's effect as a whole. So I find that really interesting. Um, and there was a, actually a story that came out either this week or last week uh, talking about how the effects might be 
in its metabolites um, that it looks like 7-hydroxy might have more analgesic effects and mitragone mitragyne is maybe not as powerful but what it's what this new research is showing is that the mitragyne once broken down in the uh, human's liver that it is um, turned into 7-hydroxy so I haven't really looked into that that much but something that's very interesting and I assume it's coming from the same study where they're studying it on, on mice, I believe I read. But uh, I'll try to look at that for next time. Um, but yeah, the, the, the article goes in to talk about how they... Um, Christopher McCurdy, a PhD, says he wants to find out why we are seeing more harm in the Western world when we don't see it in Southeast Asia, said the study's principal investigator, uh, Chris McCurdy. A professor at professor of meta uh, medicinal chemistry in the college um, so yeah it goes on to talk about um, just how the, the first study where they were um, doing individual alkaloids to study those and then the next this study is going to be on the plant as a whole and ultimately what I believe just my personal opinion what's going to happen is that it's going to be very similar to um, cannabis research where they're, they're pulling individual alkaloids or in cannabis is um, case pulling different cannabinoids uh, trying to synthesize those and finding out that they're not the same it's not the same effect and what they're calling now is the synergistic effect where it's a you want to get a whole plant extract and all of it together compounded the cannabinoids flavonoids terpenes compounded together is what's giving you that the ultimate uh, um, beneficial uh, health effect so i think that's what's going to happen with kratom but now they have millions of dollars to find out so that's a great story coming out of uh, university of florida so i'm also going to include this other article that i kind of stumbled across uh, on speciosa.org, another great site. It's got really good information about Kratom. Um, not sure who runs it, but this is Mississippi study on Kratom and addiction, Christopher R. McCurdy, and uh, it's got a little video of him from University of Mississippi when he was there prior. Yeah, University of Old Miss. Um, and it basically just, just goes on to talk about how him and Dr. Uh, Boyer are basically both looking to unlock the secrets of Kratom and how it can help uh, defeat addiction or help to get off of opiates and other drugs. So I'm not going to get too much into that story, but I, it was a, it was a really great read. Talks about the the research that they were they were doing uh, a few years ago. So I'll include the link and all of those uh, in the show notes to kind of overlap on that last story of the NIDA grant. I uh, got this from Kratom Science. Uh, this was from May 15th. It says, good news for Kratom Science. House Committee on Appropriations Request Expanded Research. NIDA grant uh, grants $3.4 million to University of Florida. Um, so this article goes on uh, from Brian Gallagher. goes on to say, on May 3rd, the House Appropriations Committee released a report of 
for fiscal year 2020. The report is a series of recommendations and requests from the committee to the Department of Labor, Education, and where we're concerned, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, on how our tax dollars should be spent. So the report goes on, uh, he notes, let's see, three uh, top things. The NA, in this report of fiscal year 2020, requests the NIH should expand Kratom research. Uh, the committee requests the NIH expand the research on all health impacts of Kratom, including its constituents, compounds, mitragyne, 7-hydroxymitragyne. Um, the committee is aware of the potential promising results of Kratom for acute and chronic pain patients who seek safer alternatives to sometimes dangerously addictive and potentially deadly prescription opioids. AHRQ should spend $3 million towards research on non opioid pain relief alternatives including Kratom and CBD. Kratom, uh, the committee notes that the little research is done to date on natural products that are used by many to treat pain in place of opioids. These natural plants and substances include Kratom and cannabidiol, CBD. Given the wide availability and increased use of these substances, it is imperative to know more about potential risk or benefits. Uh, the committee recommends $3 million to research, and Brian makes a really good point here. Unfortunately, one of the hardest geo geographically locations of the opioid crisis is the state of Ohio, whose short-sightedness leadership in the Ohio Board of Pharmacy is seeking to ban Kratom and CBD, which I'm pretty sure the latest news is they are going forward with it. They're moving forward with it. Uh, and the last, number three, NIDA should report on barriers to research that occur when a substance is classified as Schedule 1. Barriers to research. The committee is concerned that restrictions associated with Schedule 1 of the Controlled Substance Act effectively limit the amount and type of research that can be conducted on certain Schedule 1 drugs, especially marijuana or its components, chemicals, and new synthetic drugs and analogs. At a time when we need as much information as possible about those drugs to find antidotes for their harmful effects, we should be lowering regulatory and other barriers to conducting this research. The committee directs NIDA to provide a short report on the barriers to research that result from the classification of drugs and compounds at Schedule 1. <clears throat> and then the rest of the report uh, goes on. I'll again leave the link. I'll leave all uh, the links to articles in the show notes. Uh, it just goes on to talk about the, the NIDA grant that we already discussed. But um, it's looking like they're starting to come around, but uh, I don't know. But So the major issue is classification one. Like This is why we really don't want it classified is because schedule one is for the most restrictive drugs something that has no medical use and has not previously been used uh, as uh, medical in the U.S. So since Kratom is not, that's like the only schedule that they can put it in. So it's really backwards, this Controlled Substance Act. Um, really kind of crazy how this whole thing was developed and how we're still going along with um, the, the use of violence against peaceful people. I haven't hurt anybody. Um, I find it really sick. And 
there there is two more links to the article or a link to the article Brian's uh, banning drugs is anti science anti health and anti social, which is a really good read. So uh, we've that in the show notes. Uh, next article is the town of Monument, California puts business license moratorium on herbal drug. And I know that was, they were doing at least a 30 day, but it looks like they're doing 60 or six months. Uh, apparently somebody tried to start a new Kratom business in the area and the, the town's looking, looking into it. So we'll look out to see what happens if they are going to, um, allow uh kratom in this town so monument colorado uh putting a hold on new kratom businesses with all the towns and areas that are banning kratom we actually have one mississippi town town of west point that is standing up and saying the sale and possession of herbal drug kratom will continue to be legal in west point that's this article from the daily times led selectmen agreed tuesday night not to approve a ban on the product uh on second reading so it was proposed uh the board tentatively adopt the measure which would have imposed a fine up to a thousand dollars or and up to six months in jail for violations at their april meeting but had to okay it a second time to make it law so the the article goes on to say at their tuesday night meeting they chose to take no action which leaves regular regulation to the state and federal agencies rather than piecemeal steps by local. Uh, Clay County supervisors took a similar approach last week. The ban has been pushed by a Louds County group who made a presentation to selectmen. So this is where it's all coming from. It's coming from this one group who just finds this stuff to be so terrible um, because they say somebody got addicted to it. I don't don't know, but it's... Uh, I just don't know where this where this power comes from, where they can say, um, no, if you possess this plant, we have the right to, uh, to, to cage you, to fine you, and if you try to resist, then we can kill you. Um, all for possessing a plant and not hurting anybody. And this plant is has been shown to be... Um, safe and effective all the deaths that have um come up i mean sure there might have been someone with previous health conditions that something happened but they're all showing that either they had previous drugs in their system uh it was ridiculous uh to relate it to kratom like a uh, gun gunshot wound to the chest or some person falling out of a window another person hanging themselves all kratom related um They've all been proved, besides those ridiculous ones, they've all been proved to either have kratom, uh, have other drugs in their system, or that it has not been proven that they didn't have other drugs in their system or underlining health conditions. So a an herb that's been used uh, for centuries in uh, Southeast Asia safely, all of a sudden having problems. And uh, guess what? The majority of the people are uh, mixing fentanyl. So maybe if they stop mixing their kratom with fentanyl, they wouldn't be dying from kratom. It just, it makes no sense, and, and it it really makes me mad and upset. Um, but that's really good that the, um, this, the city of West Point um, is agreeing to not ban it. So it's still legal in West Point, Mississippi. 
So the next story follows up with that, um, goes along with that, uh, the Mississippi towns banning Kratom. We have this from the Clarion Ledger, which is uh, out of Mississippi. It's part of the USA Today network. And now this was a very uh, well-written article um, from Christina Dent. Uh, Stopping opioid use. Banning Kratom will do more harm than good. And now this is um, an opinion piece that... This one happens to be really good, uh, written really well, but a lot of these opinion pieces aren't marked as opinion, and the only place you can find it marked as opinion is uh, the URL, which... So it's like these these three, actually four articles, I believe, um, that go into uh, the Mississippi towns banning Kratom, but this one article um, goes from Christina Dent, talks about it it gets it right that uh with their description of kratom that it is dried and ground leaves of a tree found in plants of southeast asia been used for hundreds of years for a variety of health reasons become popular recently in the u.s sold as a dietary supplement in low doses people can use it mild pain relieving qualities and more energy in large doses it can act as a sedative uh, people also find that Kratom halts the body's opioid withdrawal symptoms, helping them discontinue opioid use. goes on to talk about, uh, in last April, a number of media outlets discovered a report by the CDC. Uh, goes on to, to say the CDC uh, analyzed over 27,000 overdose deaths in between 2016 and 2017, indicated 91 of them could be linked to Kratom. What the CDC report mentioned, but was rarely included in the media reports, is that virtually all of those 91 people had other drugs in their system. So the article, Christina goes on, while I sympathize with their concern for public safety, turning a person who uses Kratom into a criminal and putting that person in jail is the wrong approach. Just like any other other substance, legal or illegal, Kratom can be misused, and we need to treat this that misuse as a public health issue and not as a criminal matter. Uh, I'll come back to that in a second. If we treat treat it as criminal, we undermine public safety. Here's why. Banning Kratom, a popular substance, does not make it disappear. It simply transfers the substance to the legal black market. Where we have the option to regulate it, black market, where we have zero regulation. This market transfer increases crime by providing a revenue stream that entices people to break the law to get a share of profits that decrease public safety. So I might as well just break in. So I know I said it and I say it all the time. But where does this power come from? It's supposed to come from the people, but how can the people give killing power when they don't have it as an individual? I don't, I don't get it. Over plants, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. You know that uh, I won't go on another, another rant. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I agree that pushing it to the black market um, makes it so uh, people can profit off it they can they can spike it with other other substances um and have uh the the consumer has no recourse if anything does go bad she goes on uh, her second point is criminalizing substance makes it more available to our children that you know the uh, the local drug dealer doesn't check id um but a, a store would 
And that's that's what would happen with this kratom. You know, kratom is a an herbal supplement, and if they make it illegal, it's going to be pushed to drug dealers, and who knows what's going to be in it. I mean, they're already finding fentanyl-laced uh, heroin and fentanyl cocaine. I mean, people are dying from uh, sniffing fentanyl-laced cocaine when they think they're going to be getting some type of upper. It's really bad. She goes on to quote uh, Lieutenant Eddie Hawkins, the Mississippi Bureau of with the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics, was recently quoted in the Daily Times uh, Daily Times Leader, stating his concern over the way kratom is currently sold. There's no quality control, no dosage limits, no age limits. He's right, but criminalizing it ensures that those that those things continue. The fact that right now there's nothing on the packaging because the FDA has said that it is an unapproved food or drug cannot be sold as a dietary supplement or as an herbal supplement now. It can only legally be sold unless you're in one of those states with the Kratom Consumer Protection Act. It can't be sold as something that you take so there's no dosage information, there's no warnings and the FDA has made this so with their uh, import ban 5414. So when you see a package of Kratom it doesn't have anything on it. It's not most of the time, I can't speak for all distributors, but most of the trustworthy distributors, it's not that they want to keep the information from you, it's that they can't put it on there. They're restricted. Let's continue because this article is almost done. Third, the black market sells any concoction they want. So I already talked about that. Uh, in a recent interview, Hadesburg American ordering the, the public to fentanyl-laced uh, meth. If you're buying, uh, the director of the Mississippi Bureau, narcotics said, people need to understand if you're buying any type of narcotics on the street, whether you think it is legal, prescription or not, you're basically playing Russian roulette. And she concludes with, um, while we may categor categorically disagree on the best path forward, I wholeheartedly agree with him that using unregulated substances like playing Russian roulette. This reality should make us take a long pause and ask ourselves why on earth we want our loved ones playing Russian roulette with yet another substance uh, when we're losing so many people over overdoses already from unregulated drugs they bought on the street. It is human nature to want a quick and simple solution to every problem, but the quickest path to making Kratom dangerous is to send it, send it into a free-for-all of the black market. If we want to reduce harm and increase public safety, we have to keep, keep Kratom legal. Age restrict it behind the counter, uh, not send it to the street corner. So overall, a very well-written article. Uh, Christina Denton's founder of End It For Good, a conservative nonprofit advocating for health center approaches to drugs. She lives with her family in Ridgeland. Um, so I gotta look her up because I tried to look her up, look her up on Twitter, and I couldn't find any. So it was actually really good that this uh, Clarion Ledger actually had her uh, as a guest columnist because their other articles are not as good. So she makes a lot of good points. The next one is also from the Clarion Ledger. The, these next like four articles are all from them. Uh, safe or addictive? Ban on herbal product kratom spreading in Mississippi. So this is Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, Northeast Mississippi is leading the state in criminalizing possession and sale of Kratom, a legal but unregulated herbal product. A total of 28 counties and cities all in the state, all in, uh, in that part of the state have made possession or sale of misdemeanor 
urged on by Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics and a Columbus area anti-kratom group. I can't believe something even exists. So this article goes on to uh, basically say both sides of it, how the uh, spokesman for the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics agency believes kratom is linked to 12 deaths and talks about the counties. Uh, in the advisory, it talks about the US FDA uh, has warned kratom effects the brain, save opioid receptors, and it goes on to give a couple quotes from um, a Kratom consumer, Patrick Suddeth, uh, 27, lives in Fulton, and said he suffers from migraines and cluster headaches much of his life. Um, after about three years of regular use, Suddeth said that he continues to find Kratom effective at treating his headaches as well as back pain. He doesn't believe the herbal product is as addictive as alcohol or cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, those are two things that uh, have proven proven to kill over 500,000 people every year. Um, half a million people, just those two things. Both are fully legal. Both have age restrictions. So, you know, even if what they were saying was true and these deaths were real, um, it, it doesn't make any sense. So it, this article overall pretty, um, you know, it, Again, it like it quotes the FDA instead of actually looking into these facts. Uh, it just says, "Oh, well, the FDA says it." So overall, you know, this article is um, pretty neutral. Kind of says both sides of it. So then the next one from Clearing Ledger is this story that I guess was sourced. It says, "What is kratom and what what it's made from?" And it's it's from USA Today. Ryan W. Miller and Joey Garrison. Now, I did tweet Ryan Miller. Uh, Joey Garrison had like no followers, no presence on Twitter at all. Uh, so I didn't think that would do much good. But I did tweet Ryan Miller and he did not get back to me. So let's get right into this article. He does a lot of this stuff where, oh, well, the, the, the CDC said, but not actually looking into it. So it's a very negative article towards towards Kratom. So right off the bat, it starts off the over-the-counter herbal drug Kratom linked to an increasing number of overdose deaths nationwide has been banned in many counties in Northeast Mississippi and such bans could increase statewide. They go on, Kratom was a cause of death in at least 91 fatal overdoses in the United States from July 2016 to December 2017 and 152 tested positive for the substance in a post-mortem toxicology uh, during, during that time period, health officials found. Only 44 deaths nationally were previously known, according, according to the Associated Press. A February study also found that, that poisoning report, reported on taking Kratom soared more than 50-fold, uh, from 13 to 682 in 2017 by tracking phone calls about kratom exposure. Those numbers are so bogus. I mean, just, I have the numbers somewhere else, but th those, uh, the amount of calls that just go to uh, Tide Pods is like tens of thousands. You know, I think it's like 12,000 for the, for the year. I think it was in 2016. Um, calls to like shampoo, conditioner, I think, bee stings get more calls the, the the rise in kratom yeah i mean people might have been misusing it or uh getting spiked kratom or adulterated kratom 
it also coincides with the popularity of Kratom. So at least they do say while many of the fatal overdoses, other drugs like fentanyl or cocaine were also listed as cause of death. Federal regulators have warned against Kratom use. It goes on to talk about uh, the FDA said that similar to opioids, supporters led by the AKA have disputed the substance danger. What it, why is Kratom in the news? In seven of the 91 overdoses, in which Kratom was a cause of death, the herbal supplement was the only substance to test positive in a toxicology report, though the CDC says other substances couldn't be ruled out. Now, I actually think that part is new that they put in there, because let me go to what, what I sent him. I checked it, but apparently he did have that in, in there from the beginning. But overall, it's a pretty negative article. And what I tweeted at him, I never got a response, um, and maybe I missed it the first time, but I said, 91, how many FOIA requests, coroner autopsy reports, talk screens did you see, and why leave out only seven deaths, Kratom was only substance test positive. Uh, the presence of additional substances cannot be ruled out, says the CDC. So apparently he did have that in there, but that, that's, that's not my main point. My main point is that they they say these things, um, but without any follow up, I I did I said what type of postmortem testing on those seven deaths? Uh, source docs from the deaths in Colorado attributed to kratom. New England Journal of Medicine. I talked about this previous with Brian. Uh, in quotes, our investigation of all fifteen. Kratom-related deaths, we determined that 14 deaths were clearly involved multiple drugs. Blood not available for test for test number 15. And then I did a screenshot of the actual um, New England Journal of Medicine uh, story. I just don't get how so-called journalists can report on on these stories and say, say these things like indefinitely um, without actually looking into any of it. So overall, that's, uh, it was a pretty negative story. Uh, there is some stuff from the AKA quotes in there that kind of talks about it, um, talks about it well. We had a good article, a pretty like neutral one. This one, that's just, it's with all the propaganda in it. Um, I never heard anything back. And then we have this article uh, she moved to Mississippi so she could take Kratom legally. Here's why that could end. And it's a story from another story from Clarion Ledger, um, part of USA Today. And this one is from Alyssa Zhu, Z-H-U. And overall, it's pretty, it's pretty positive. It just talks about how every morning, Hernando uh, resident Bethany Cook scoops a couple of teaspoons of green herbal powder into her mouth, washing it down with a drink, which that's called toss and watch, which I'm pretty sure that's like, I don't know. I've I seen people do it. I don't think it's a good idea. I think you can breathe it into your lungs really easy. People have died doing cinnamon challenge doing that, and I think that's how that state trooper died in New York who said uh, Kratom was the only cause of death. It was, um, I forget, but it's uh, something like lung inhalation where... Um, Essentially, the powder coats your lungs, and then you can't breathe. So the article talks of uh, what kratom is. It's derived 
the crushed up leaves of a plant native to Southeast Asia. Traditionally used as stimulant and medicine. It's bitter and earthy and tastes horrible, Cook says. Um, she says, I'm imagining it's how dirt would taste like. I've never tasted anything like that, but it helps me more than anything else, she said. Um, said she does the process a couple more times during the day. How much Kratom has, has helped her, helped her with chronic pain. She's been able to uh, kick a prescription pain pill addiction. Kratom changed my life, said Cook, who volunteers for with the American Kratom Association. And here we get, again, we talk about the, the culprit of all this. Um, so, yeah, that she volunteers for the for the AKA and how much it, it's helped her. And the same herbal product is being allied by an increasing, increasing number of cities and counties across Mississippi, where its sale or possession is a misdemeanor now. Members of the Lodes, Louds, Gotta learn how to pronounce that. Uh, County-based group behind the push for banning kratom say the substance, which is unregulated and widely available at gas stations and convenience stores, is a threat to health and safety. Chairman of this group, Glenn Lotzenheiser, who's okay with using violence against people who just want to use plants, says kratom is dangerous, destructive, and highly addictive. I just don't get how you can say in the same sentence that stuff that's far more dangerous, destructive, and highly addictive is completely legal. It, it, it makes no sense. And goes on to talk about how it's, uh, it's banned in 23 cities, 10 counties in Mississippi, have criminalized Kratom, and he said, we are ready to go any place that will ask us to come. He said, we hope to see the day it will be banned throughout the entire state of Mississippi. So he's okay with turning, uh, everybody in that state who uses this beneficial herb who's hurt no one for for centuries or hasn't been uh, linked to any 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 deaths for centuries all of a sudden wants to make people who want to use it a criminal instead of saying well, we want to keep it out of the hands of, of children make sure it's uh, only adults for some reason violence is the answer and uh, violence shouldn't be the answer so the article finishes up with um, a little blurb about Cook and how she was uh, hooked um, on pain pills and heroin and how much um, Kratom has helped her and given her life back. I, I just started getting up and cleaning and singing, and it was it was just me again, she said. Um, now I'm living a productive life. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. It's just amazing, she said. And... Then the next part is this guy going on to say, oh, it's, it's ruined these people's lives. Use this excuse. Uh, Mississippi nurse's once husband tried a bottle of Kratom, liquid Kratom-based drink for from a convenience store. He became addicted and was spending up to $800 a, a week on the substance, Lonsheiser said. That can be said for anything that's addictive. And this is self-reporting. There's no document that... Um, he was only taking Kratom, and, and this is how much he was taking. And a Kratom-based drink, that's a concentrate. You know, it doesn't, it's a plant. It doesn't come in drink form. So what was he taking, and how much, and what other health conditions did he have, and what what, what led to his addiction? And then uh, another story of uh, Dallas metro area's uh, 24-year-old son died unexpectedly with no drugs in his system, just Kratom. Who knows? 
who knows where where's the autopsy report where's the talk screen uh, where's the that additional post-mortem uh, post-mortem report that the New England Journal of Medicine talked about you know we have no standard of, of what test is being done so no drugs are found in the system you can't rule out other drugs and he says kratom is no place in any community people should seek their meds in should not seek their meds in convenience stores no i agree maybe you shouldn't seek your meds in convenience stores but herbal supplements maybe a health store and they actually get it right here that uh they talk about the the, the deaths the 91 deaths reported by cdc and they say um, in seven of those overdoses, Kratom was the only substance to test positive in a toxicology report, though other substances cannot be ruled out. So it can't be ruled out overall, not just in that, in that report, but all of them, unless you can prove that there was this uh, additional post-mortem blood test done. Uh, the article, I'll finish up this article, goes on um, to talk about how there's there's been kratom-related deaths, uh, 11 kratom-related deaths in, in the state, uh, in all but two of the cases that see said other drugs in their system, such as opioids. Again, what were the post-mortem tests that were done? Um, people are working shift work, long hours, uh, will try the drug to get, off, to get a little boost of energy. Before they know it, their body is building up a tolerance. That's where the addiction comes in. Next thing you know, you're spending $800 a week Doing our research, we talked to family members. They told us stories about how the drug has absolutely destroyed their lives. They're spending everything they own on this drug. Now the criminal activity begin. It, these claims are so ridiculous. Such like reefer madness claims. Like, who is spending $800 a week on Kratom? It's ridiculous. I, I know... Well, I don't know. I have a strong feeling that when people are saying, oh, I'm, I'm doing Kratom, they're doing something else. I mean, prove it to me that this is what they're spending $800 a week on Kratom. I mean, it's ridiculous. The stuff is so cheap to come by. I mean, I sell two and a half ounces for $20. So more propaganda. And then the article finally ends with um, them saying that regulate, don't ban, Kratom users say. And talks about um, how Cook has, says it would be um, much more beneficial if we if we regulate it instead of banning it. So um, this Clarion Ledger, um, a lot of uh, more negative. I guess it, it's all pretty negative, but. Um, the way they put these stories together is just filled with propaganda. It's like, it's like it's like direct from the FDA. So this last story is from Forbes. Uh, Square quietly launches program for CBD cannabis company credit card processing. Um, this uh, article goes on to talk about um, basically they're they're starting um, a invite only. Um, program for CBD, some CBD distributors. I mean, since um, the industrial hemp has been legalized by the, the Farm Bill, um, it says in April, state majority Senate leader Mitch McConnell and Senator Ron Wyden uh, together championed le hemp's legalization through the Farm Bill, sent a series of letters to various federal agencies pushing the new guidance 
about financial services uh, access for hemp businesses. So this could be a very good sign because all these credit card processors don't want to touch uh, CBD even though it's completely legal. Uh, it's still federally legal under the Controlled Substance Act. So this could be a good sign of um, companies moving forward, especially there's going to be a lot more companies with uh, more industrial hemp products. I, I, I'm really hoping we're going to see biodegradable plastics, uh, clothing, um, all, all types of uh, products. And I'm wondering if they'll be able to process. So, you know, it would be really good to have Square. I use Square on our food truck and they worked out well. So I'm hoping they're going to roll that out to everybody and I can start processing um, CBD products. That about does it for this week's Kratom News and Current Events. Stay tuned for special guest Keith Pescucci. So before I get into the next segment with Keith, I just want to quickly talk about, and I'll play some of the um, CBS, uh, WBZ, which is Boston CBS, uh, article they did on me. Um, now, many people were just like, that That was a hit piece, and I can't, I can't say that I was that pleased. Everyone that seemed to watch it was like, okay, I guess I just need more information now. People that weren't familiar with Kratom had no idea. Um, I really thought it was going to be uh, about Kratom and the safety profile and everything like that. Uh, I came armed with so many facts. I had printouts, um, a lot of stuff from American Kratom Association, and um, reporter Nick Wing from Huffington Post, who actually that is um, my guest for next week. Nick Wing is going to be on the show. We've already done the interview, so it is looking great. Um, hopefully, hopefully have that up in the next uh, two weeks. I have just so much going on right now. Um, but uh, after after we did the the first segment, um, now. Elsie Newland is a investigative journalist producer, and she contacted me on my Boston Kratom Guy uh, Facebook, which um, really doesn't have that much activity. Um, but she contacted me and said that she wanted, was wondering if I would do an interview. So I replied back to her and said that yeah, I would be interested in hearing about what the article is about and possibly doing an interview. So uh, she basically wrote back and said that she spoke to a doctor that was concerned about it, um, which I guess he's an addiction specialist. Um, you'll, you'll hear it on the, the, the recording, um, but didn't seem to know too much about Kratom. So that was kind of interesting. Um, so that the doctor was concerned about it and that she knew people were benefiting from it and she wanted to get in touch with someone who's benefiting from it. So I came in and I really thought this was just going to be about Kratom. And we did uh, the first kind of segment and I don't usually talk about um, using Kratom to get off of opiates because I just uh, talk about um, that 
I use it for my back and hip pain. Um, so <clears throat> we we get ready to move to do this other shot, um, and we move, and she's like, "Hey, do you know anyone who's used it to get off of opiates?" I said, uh, "Yeah, I I just came off of came off of buprenorphine recently," and she was like, "Oh, well, you didn't say that. You should have mentioned that." And I, I said, well, you know, I, I, she's like, you just said it was for pain. So I said, well, you know, I, I really want it. didn't really want it to be about me. I wanted it to be more about the safety and uh, the science and safety profile of it. And she's like, oh, well, would you mind talking about that? And I was like, um, I guess if you really want to. So we can continue with this other interview. And she's getting shots of the sample bags I brought in. And... We start talking about it for a while. And we do this B-roll of me walking down the sidewalk. And she's like, oh, I'm going to think, I think I'm going to need more pictures of you. I'm like, all right, well, I'm around, whatever you need. So um, she contacts me back again and says they want to do a follow-up interview. And that really want to concentrate this piece on people that are benefiting from Kratom. And to show that... Um, life is better with Kratom. And I even asked her before, I was like, I'll do this, I just don't want it to be a, hit, a Kratom hit piece. And she said it wasn't going to, that it would be fair and balanced. Um, I I think it could have came off a lot worse. I think that they did leave in some stuff that I wanted to say. But to me, it seemed like um, the article was like, Kratom is really terrible, and here's one guy that uses it and find its find its benefit, and so that I really, really didn't like, and I was just overall just disappointed uh, with the piece. Uh, I did follow up and say, hey, how do I get the the full interview? Um, and you, the story um, claimed 12, 12 kratom related deaths in Massachusetts. And I couldn't find anything on, on that from Department of Health. So she said um, she got it right from the press contact, the Department of Health. So that is something I want to follow up on and see what these uh, 12 Massachusetts Kratom-related deaths are all about. But, um, yeah, a lot of the advocates, uh, people on Twitter and uh, Facebook, um, I'm on a couple of Kratom Facebook groups, they were not too uh, too pleased with the article. So, um, yeah, without, uh, without further ado, I will, uh, next will be the CBS article, um, that I was in, and then go right into Keith's interview. When opioids are responsible for deaths all across Massachusetts, you can buy an opioid-like substance at corner stores everywhere. It's called Kratom, potentially dangerous enough that the government has warned people to stay away from it. And yet, as Dr. Malika Marshall explains tonight, some people who take it insist that it is the only thing saving them from addiction. Leave it. Mike Overstreet has a new outlook on life after kicking an opioid addiction that started with pain medication in high school. I had a injury from 
from wrestling in high school. So I have a bad back and hip, and then it kind of just got worse from there. A drug prescribed by a doctor helped him stay sober, but he says he never really felt like himself and didn't enjoy the simple things in life. I, I didn't realize how much that that medication was taking away. Now he's off the medication altogether and looking forward to getting married. I'm much happier, um, much more productive. I, I can think a lot clearer. Mike credits his newfound clarity to this brown liquid. It's water mixed with kratom, a plant in the coffee family that's native to Southeast Asia. It's sold in capsules or a loose powder that's mixed into a drink. In a low dose, I think it's got this more stimulating properties. According to Belmont addiction specialist Dr. Mark Green, the drug has an opioid-like effect on the brain, and at higher doses, it can lead to big trouble. I've seen plenty of people who Kratom is the only opiate that they've really used, and they've developed an impressive opiate dependency, so it can get really bad. I felt terrible. It was really challenging to make it through the day without dosing. This man described on YouTube what it was like when he stopped his three-dose-a-day habit. I felt like without Kratom, I was never going to experience happiness again. That risk of abuse is what prompted the FDA to warn consumers not to use it. The agency's website states there are no FDA-approved uses for Kratom, and the agency has received concerning reports about the safety of Kratom. Despite those warnings, it's legal in Massachusetts. We found it behind the counter at several smoke shops in the area. It's all that stuff over there. That's Kratom. The drug has also been linked to dozens of overdose deaths nationwide. According to the Department of Public Health, Kratom was a contributing factor in 13 overdose deaths here in Massachusetts. I think it's very safe. Mike wants it to be regulated so the active ingredient is never higher than what is found in nature. He believes keeping it safe and available will help more people break the cycle of addiction. I've had people come off of, come off of heroin, come off of fentanyl, cocaine, and they're using it successfully. Several states have banned the sale of Kratom, and the Drug Enforcement Agency considers it a drug of concern, which means it poses a risk to those who abuse it. I'm Dr. Malika Marshall, WBZ News. So a couple points that I just wanted to make real quick um, before moving on to Keith's interview is one is that they call it a opioid-like substance. And it's that's such an oversimplified, like scary simplification of Kratom to me. Um, my understanding is that the only way that it's really opioid-like is because it hits on one of the opioid receptors. Uh, it contains opioid peptides that activate these systems. And these opioid peptides are found in uh, milk, nutmeg, carbs, sugar, chocolate, coffee. Um, so it's not really as scary as... They, they make it sound, anyone who hears the word opiate and immediately thinks, you know, oh my god. But um, when really looking at it, it's Kratom's a partial agonist. Uh, it's not a full agonist and it, uh, it doesn't cause respiratory uh, depression, which is the main cause of the overdose, overdoses. And it, there, there's no LD50, that, which is an uh, overdose rate, uh, been identified. Um, and really, as far as I'm concerned, um, it's 
if you take too much, you're just going to throw up. You're going to get nauseous. I, I haven't seen anything different. Uh, the big trouble is when you're mixing it with substances. And then they had um, this guy Adam from Psych Substance, who's actually a pretty good channel on YouTube, talking about talking about Kratom. And it's like they just took this little tiny clip. You know, they, uh, Adam's really... Maybe I can get him on the show. But he's really about harm reduction. So, you know, w when we talk about Kratom and harm reduction versus the uh, the other um, substances, deadly substances that and drugs that people are using instead, um, it's, it's really a no-brainer that Kratom is, uh, is, is safe or a lot safer than, than these other substances that people are dying from. So... Um, yeah, overall, I wasn't too happy with it, but I did get out some points, and, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, let's get into it with uh, Interview with Keith, coming up next. This week on the show, I have a very special guest, Keith Caspucci. Keith has been a Kratom activist for a few years now, discovered Kratom in 2011, for this degenerative disc disease. Uh, it's been featured on NBC, PIX11, as well as Huffington Post did an article on him. Uh, Keith, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy to be a part of it, Mike. Yeah, it is great to have you on here. Um, so, what I want to jump into first is the reason how we got in touch was you contacted me after my CBS piece um, to tell me that you had a very similar experience. Yes, that is absolutely true. Uh, I saw your piece on CBS and it made me think of my piece from NBC. We both seem to have shared the same experience, which is kind of a bait and switch in my opinion. Yeah, so you want to you wanna talk about, I mean, you said you know, it was like an hour or two hours you, you were interviewed and you, you were, you, you had all the... I spent, yeah, I spent two hours down in New York City at NBC Studios. Uh, I was interviewed. There were other people there that were being interviewed. Uh, we had met, we spoke. Um, there was a gentleman there who had lost his son to, uh, to Kratom, uh, supposedly, uh, but... You know, he, he knew that Kratom was helping his son. His son had addiction problems with other illicit substances, so he had supported his son's Kratom use. And the coroner ruled it a Kratom overdose when he passed away, even though there were other illicit substances in his body. Okay. And the man, the guy was at NBC, and, and uh, you know, he wanted more research and regulation. He was not all about banning it, but then NBC went on to not post any of that stuff and they never ever said anything about that they made it out to be uh you know kind of a hit piece yeah i mean i, I there, there was you know they had uh and the, the name's escaping me but um what was it a senator on at the end that was talking uh senator that carlucci yes senator david carlucci from new york uh, his office is in austin new york yeah, so he was like one of the saving. Um, you know, the, the part they did on on you was really nice, but you know they uh, they still made it out to look really bad. But he was kind of like the saving grace at the end there. Absolutely, I agree a hundred percent. And uh, the funny thing is, he was also in the Pix Eleven interview that uh, was with me, and back that was in February of two thousand sixteen. 
And back then, he was speaking about how he believed Kratom should be banned. He was actually going to sponsor a bill to ban Kratom in New York. And by the time we got to the NBC article, which was a few years later, it was pretty amazing that uh, he had completely changed his tune and saw that there was definitely, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of potential for for kratom, uh, especially with the opioid hysteria that's going on now, the opioid crisis, however you want to call it, however you want to classify it. But uh, Senator Carlucci went from sponsoring a ban to sponsoring research and and wanted to learn more about it because he had heard from hundreds of constituents in his own. Uh, district, uh, you know, that, that swore by it, and when he heard all these personal testimonies, he decided to look into it a little further, and as a result, he's also on the opioid task force, so, you know, uh, I, past that, I don't know what's going on with him at this point, but last I heard, he is looking for, you know, research and regulation. He is certainly not for banning it outright anymore like he was in the beginning, so it took a little bit of education to get him to, uh, to, to hear us. Yeah, I think um, that's the most amazing thing. Like we we just saw was it Georgia, Utah, and uh, there's one other. It's the uh, Kratom Consumer Protection Act, and it seems yep. seems like whenever the AKA the American Kratom Association or you know some activists can get in front of them that and present the science that uh, the um, lawmakers are are all for it. I mean, it passed unanimously in all those states. That's correct. Uh, it just takes education, and it takes a whole lot of people to to get behind it. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it takes. It's, as they say it takes a it takes a whole community of people, and there's millions of us that that are doing our best to try and educate lawmakers and and politicians and uh, ahead of the FDA because the FDA is, you know, they have their opinions and they have their science, which is really just their science. And, uh, you know, they try to cram it down their throats, and then they have us on the other end of the spectrum trying to defend it, and we have our science, and, and uh, you know, we do have the science on our side. It seems that whenever we get to a state first and the American Creative Association is able to educate them and lobby them, uh, you know, there's a good outcome for us. Yeah, there's even that, um, that, that, that recent CDC <clears throat> study where they cited the New England uh, Journal of Medicine, uh, those Colorado deaths, and then when you actually look into the source, that all of them were were proven to have other substances in their in their systems. So it's yeah, it's really something. Um, so my uh, main or uh, one of my first questions I have for everybody is what got you, what got you into kratom. Well, uh, back in 2000, I was 28 years old. Um, I was in agony, my lower back. I was at almost 300 pounds. And I went to my orthopedics doctor that I had known for many years. Uh, my mother's an RN. So I knew a lot of doctors from the hospital, and I went to him. And, you know, his first idea was let's let's talk about surgery and uh, that wasn't an option for me at 28 I wasn't ready to do that and then uh, you know he he wanted to try opioids so I did try one prescription and uh, of oxycodone and I never even finished them they made me feel terrible couldn't work I couldn't do my job I, I couldn't drive uh, it was ridiculous I mean there was no way and it didn't help my pain either so it was it was relatively uh, useless for me so 
I started using over-the-counter medications. Um, I'll leave specifically, and that's naproxen sodium, which ate holes in my stomach and caused bleeding ulcers. And in uh, 2009, uh, I had to go to the gastroenterologist and, and have that taken care of, and they told me to stop using the naproxen, which was helping a little bit, but certainly not to the point where you know, I was I was pain free by any means. Uh, you know, as a as a teacher, I get ten sick days a year, and I was using all ten of them every year. Uh, I've been a teacher since 1996, so I mean, you know, come 2000, I was using ten sick days a year, all for back related pain. But there were days I got out of bed, I couldn't stand up, laying on the ground. My wife had to call my my principals, my job, and tell them I wasn't going to be able to make it. I mean, I was in agony. So. Uh, from 2000 to 2011, that's pretty much what my life was like. I couldn't exercise. I, I used to play racquetball. I used to enjoy all kinds of exercise. I was a gym guy. I, I enjoyed softball. I enjoyed basketball. And I couldn't do any of those things anymore. From 2000 to 2011, I just kept putting on weight. Um, so, uh, you know, eventually I decided to check out just natural pain relievers. So I... I just did a basic Google search in 2011. What you got back on Creative in 2011 was nothing more than the history of it, what it was, where it comes from. Um, you know, a couple of couple of testimonials of people in Southeast Asia that use it for energy, for pain relief, uh, you know, for focus, for motivation, all things that I was definitely interested in. But mostly, I was interested in pain relief. I mean, that's what I was trying so to achieve. Mm-hmm. So I'll never forget, I got my first delivery. It was uh, on December 16, 2011. It was right before Christmas. And uh, I, I brewed up a cup of tea after watching a YouTube video. And there's this this powder, uh, you know, that came in this foil bag. And it said, not for human consumption on it. And believe me, I was a little leery of it, you know. But there was enough literature online for people that it worked for. I figured, what, what's the harm? It can't be worse than opiates. So... I gave it a shot, and uh, I was I was shocked. Within a half an hour, I felt my back. It just it just started to feel better. It just started to the pain started to fade away. It didn't go away. I mean, it, I still have a little bit of back pain, of course, but I mean, I was able to get to the point where I was able to exercise again. I was able to get my active lifestyle again. I lost 109 pounds. I put a full gym in my house. It motivated me to, to do these things. Um, it, it made me a better husband. It made me a better son. It made me a better teacher. I looked forward to going to work. I was motivated. I was focused. I was able to, and, and I'm still able to, you know, multitask like a champ. I mean, I, and, and I believe that Kratom has a lot to do with that. Um, I don't drink coffee anymore. I drink Kratom instead. It, it definitely works a lot better for me personally, um, and and it just gets the job done. I don't feel any sort of uh, head fog. I don't feel any sort of dizziness. I don't feel anything negative at all. I just feel pain relief, and I feel motivated and focused, and I can concentrate, and I can multitask, all things that I need to do in my life. And, and those were benefits that I didn't really know about until after I tried it. I mean, like I said, I just wanted to try it for pain relief, and it worked so well that I kept using it, and then I started to realize, wow, it does more than just give pain relief. And then it became uh, pretty much a hobby for me, or maybe some, some might call it an obsession. I wanted to try different vendors, and I wanted to try different routes of administration, and I wanted to try 
different strains, and I, you know, I really started diving deep into the the kratom community, and I became friends with people like Susan Ash and Paul Kemp, and these are the people that were the founding members of the American Kratom Association. Long before it was the American Kratom Association, they were just my friends on Facebook. You know, so I, uh, I I had some good guidance from some good people that I that I became friends with, and I mean I would speak to them on the phone, and we would talk about who to get it from, where to get it, you know, how to get it, and, and it was it was so simple back then. I mean, you just went online and you ordered it, and and you got it. But you know, I I do believe that we need regulation, and that's where uh, you know I agree with many of the people out there that want regulation, I agree that we need regulation. We need safety regulation, but we definitely don't need it to become a schedule one drug. That's just ridiculous. I mean, there's millions of people just like myself who are uh, enjoying the benefits of it and whose lives are, are so much better and their quality of lives are so much better as a result of it. Didn't cure anything. I still have the degenerative disc disease. It didn't go away, but it doesn't bother me anymore. I have not taken one back pain related sick day since 2011 so in eight years i've not taken a back related sick day and that's after you know many years of taking all of my sick days wow wow so you lost over 100 pounds and would you say that kratom i mean it sounds like you're saying kratom really helped. yeah i mean it really did i mean my wife my mother they'll, they'll tell you i mean i was i was at a point where you know i just was overweight and I was depressed and I didn't know I was depressed you know I didn't I didn't really know I was depressed until I found creative and realized wow I was depressed because it, you know I, it, things got happy again things got active again I, I was able to get the endorphins going through exercise I mean I work out every day I, I'm up early in the morning I, I you know I look forward to every day and and it just starts with a cup of kratom tea with three to five grams of kratom tea I mean it's uh, you know, powder in my tea it's not, uh, you know, it's nothing more than that. I have one at night uh, around 5 o'clock. So whereas somebody would call happy hour for, for booze, I'd just have a cup of tea at 5 o'clock. Maybe I should move to England. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you said you didn't get any side effects, but, um, I mean, like, for for real, have you ever experienced any type of negative side effects or withdrawal symptoms or any, anything that you would tell people to be cautious about when taking Kratom? I would tell people to be cautious about um, upping your dose. Um, one of the things that I've learned is to try to rotate strains around, take different different strains from different vendors, and you don't want to get what's called same strain same strain syndrome or SSS. That's where you take the same strain every day, over and over and over again, and after you know a month or so, it's not going to work anymore. And those are the people that start taking more and more and more because they're not getting the effects that they got back in the beginning. And and they think that the more they take, the better it's going to be, and that's not the case. They're just healing effects. I mean, it's not going to get, it's not going to work. Whether you take three grams or, or 25 grams, all you're going to do is get sick and vomit. It's not going to make you feel any better. Um, have I ever gotten sick and vomit? Yes. Back in the beginning, I did once. One time, I did. I got very sick. I got very dizzy. I took too much. It was the beginning. I had no idea what I was doing, really. And, uh, you know, I, I was basing it on body weight. And at the time, I was very heavy. So I probably put, I didn't have a scale. I was using a spoon, you know, and I just spooned it out. And uh, that, this is after the, the first time I tried it. You know, it was months later, after trying different strains, I realized that there's different qualities, too. 
some some quality is fantastic and and some vendors you know are selling lousy quality kratom and uh you know it was hit or miss until i i got really in deep with the community and and through word of mouth got myself uh some some really quality vendors that have worked very hard to become cgmp compliant for the last couple of years uh because it's at this point you know any vendor that's not doing that or trying to achieve that or doing something to go along those lines uh you know they're, they're gonna have a tough time i think to learn little tricks uh, and and ways and the scent and the feel and everything else to to you know, really see what I was getting. I knew it was fresh. I knew what it should smell like. I began to learn all about it. I mean, uh, you know, and eventually got myself into a routine uh, and, a, and a good cycle with some good vendors, and uh, I really was able to manage my quality of life uh, exceptionally well, better than any medications ever. I mean, I haven't tried many medications in my life, especially prescription medications, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't see myself ever needing that as long as Kratom is available. I, I mean, I don't, I'm a very happy person. I'm, I'm very energetic. I don't have a lot of anxiety. i certainly not depressed. I teach 900 students a week wow. and uh, I'm the director of technology for a massive, massive school in uh, New York City. So um, all by myself, I'm the only one doing that. Wow. So... <laughs> It's not easy, but I, I, I really don't know if I could do it, you know, without Kratom giving me the, the edge. It's like it's giving me an edge, but it doesn't give me a high. I don't don't feel like, you know, I, I mean, I went to college. I drank plenty back in the, in the 90s, and, and I went out with my friends and did plenty of drinking back in those days, and there's nothing like that. Absolutely nothing like that. It's it's the complete opposite. It's clear-headedness. It's It's happiness it's just it's just a feeling of good well-being i mean and and why why does the government have the right to to take that away from us yeah it it, it makes it makes no sense and that's something i mentioned that was cut out in my cbs article um that i was like you know there was over i believe there's over like twenty three thousand people that answered a survey that said that they feel that their life is benefiting from kratom and if it was banned that they would go back to substances that have been proven deadly. Absolutely. I know a lot of people in the Kratom community that, that would, without a doubt, many have gotten off of prescription opioids, uh, you know, between the CDC guidelines and, and, and the way things are going these days for chronic pain patients. I mean, I, I have a real soft spot for them because my dad is one of them. And, uh, you know, it's it's been brutal. Uh, he was a contractor for 50 years. He's got replaced hips and shoulders. And, and, you know, luckily he's got a good pain management doctor down in Florida, but I was able to, after five years, I was able to convince him to try Kratom, mm-hmm. and he did. Um, now, he didn't stop taking his medications, but I will tell you that it, it helps him stretch them longer so that he can, you know, utilize them for the entire time of his prescription. He never runs out anymore because I've introduced them to Kratom, which has been a godsend, according to him. So you, you talked about different ways of administering Kratom. Now, there, um, I can't think of the state, but there, there was recently where they were talking, I think it was Utah, where they were talking about people were shooting up Kratom and smoking, I think even snorting Kratom. Um, you, you wanna, do you want to talk about what, what you were talking about, the different ways of administering it? 
Well, when I talk of ROA, when it comes to Kratom, there's, there's really only a couple of ways that I know of. Um, I mean, you can do what I do, and, and that's just steep a cup of flavored tea. I like apple cinnamon tea, and then I just add, you know, a couple of grams to my regular tea, and I just stir it around. I add a little half and half, and uh, and there you go. I have a cup of Kratom tea, which I call my crate because it's like a latte, but it's Kratom. <laughs> Um, that's my main way. I mean, then of course there's, there's capsules. You could buy capsules. You can make your own capsules. I, I tried that too. I didn't find that to be effective because they dissolve at different rates in your stomach. So you don't actually get the, the dose that you're looking for all at the same time. You know, I mean, you could take four capsules and, and one would dissolve in one hour, next hour, another one would dissolve. So I didn't feel it worked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try that though. And then of course there's the toss and wash, which could be dangerous if you actually inhale it into your lungs, uh, you know, the, you go into a coughing spasm like un, uncontrollably for, and your lungs will hurt for days, uh, which has happened. I mean, definitely. Uh, toss and wash was uh, where you just put it in your mouth and they take a gulp of juice or water or something like that and, and gulp it down. Um, it's kind of barbaric, but, <laughs> you know, in the beginning, like I said, I, I tried every route, I, but but as far as injecting, I would never inject anything into my body, first off, nothing. But to think about it, I mean, the, the consistency of good quality Kratom is like flour. So if you were to take white flour, and, and but it doesn't dissolve, it's like sand. So it's not water-soluble. So if you were to try to inject Kratom through a syringe, one, I don't think it would even make it out of the syringe because it's like putting sand and water in a syringe, so that would never work. Um, and if it did, uh, would anybody want to inject sand into their veins? I mean, that would kill them probably instantly, I'm assuming. Um, smoking it is is completely false. It doesn't do anything except destroy your kratom. It just burns everything away. Uh, inhaling that into your lungs, I, I would never even attempt that. So I, I, that's it's just I've never heard of anybody that's ever tried to inject it. Or smoke it. I realized that there was two articles that I, I was in the CBS, and the one with just the video cited the FDA's 44 deaths, which is I, they they have to be citing more than that. Um, and then in the written part, there was there was something that they left out of the video. I remember seeing that. Right. Yeah. That they they were like Overstreet was quick quick to say that is other substances were were found in in the system. Um, that's right. Yeah, it's it's all just blatant lies. Um, and when the the Huffington Post article, so the <clears throat> the NBC article that you did was was pretty negative. The Pix Eleven and the Huffington Post were were a lot better. Those were great. Um, and Thank were, you. Were you interviewed directly by Nick Wing? No, no. I was uh, interviewed by a girl named Savannah uh, from Huffington Post. And I was interviewed by, uh, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head from Pix11, but they both came to my house. Uh, they, I was interviewed in my home, uh, you know, with my dogs on my lap. And they were, they were both very, you know, they, they were very interested. This was both, they were both done in 2016. So it was right after the DEA wanted to turn it into a, Schedule one substance, and and we got over 120,000 signatures on the uh, petition to stop them, which was the first time in history that the DEA ever rescinded their scheduling emergency scheduling. So I thought that was you know that was unprecedented, and that was uh, historical. So at that point, you know, I I was.
on television and, and talking about my experience because I'm just a regular guy. I, I, you know, I never, I mean, there's a lot of people that are using it for, uh, you know, SUD and OUD, uh, you know, and, and from what I understand and from what I see and from the people that I speak to on a daily basis on Twitter, I mean, these people are, are clean, 100%, uh, but, you know, if you talk to the, to the rehabilitation industry, of course, they're going to say that if you're continuing to take Kratom, uh, you know, let's say you went from heroin to Kratom, they, they don't consider you clean and sober. They consider it one, you know, you're substituting one addiction for another, which is, is ridiculous. I mean, uh, there was a, an incident that I had where I ended up, had to go to the hospital for a couple of days, and uh, I was in the hospital for a few days. And it was not, nothing to do with Kratom. It was, uh, I have cyclical vomiting syndrome. So I had a real bad bout of cyclical vomiting syndrome. And uh, so they, they and I use Kratom and I have cyclical vomiting syndrome. So, I mean, that'll give you an idea of, of how non, you know, it's pretty safe. I mean, uh, if, if it was that bad, it would trigger that in me. So I did have a bad case uh, of cyclical vomiting syndrome at, at one point in uh, 2017 and I had to go into the hospital for four days and uh, you know I went by ambulance so obviously I didn't bring my kratom with me and 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 I went into the hospital for four days and I had absolutely no withdrawal symptoms I, I had no nothing absolutely nothing other than the fact that my stomach bothered me from vomiting so much prior to, to needing an ambulance um, I didn't, I, there was zero, zero withdrawal. Uh, there's plenty of times that I'll come home from work and, and I'll be busy or, or whatever and I'll forget. I mean, I literally forget to take it. I mean, it's just not like, you know, for people that take opiates, I mean, they're counting the hours till their next pill. I mean, it's, it's not like that at all. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a quality of life issue and, it, and it's a human rights issue. I mean, we, we should not. Nobody should be policing my body. I'm a 46-year-old man. I, I have two parents, and I, I don't need the FDA telling me what I can and cannot do. <laughs> yeah, we, we, that's we, just my opinion. I mean, that is my opinion, and uh, you know, that's a lot of that. But a lot of people share the same opinion. Yeah, we're, we're both we're both in agreement on that. Absolutely, and so are so are about three to five million other people. Yeah, that, that's that's the estimates of three to five million uh, kratom consumers in the U.S. Um, <clears throat> so. Neither of us want it banned, but what would you like to to see done done with kratom in the U.S.? I uh, well, I mean, uh, my, one of the biggest reasons I got on Twitter to begin with was, uh, you know, I started an account a long time ago, but I never used it. I didn't start using it until September of 2017. That's when I started using it for for kratom advocacy. Prior to that, I was using Facebook a lot. But I was, you know, I wasn't. I was a little careful on Facebook because it's my, a lot of it's personal stuff too. And, uh, you know, it's up to my friends and family. And so, you know, there, was, there were limits to, to what I could do on, on Facebook. So I got turned on to Twitter back then. And uh, I started using that on a regular basis. And that really put me into contact for, for good advocacy because I could spread the word. And so one of my main goals was to get Scott Gottlieb when he was the commissioner of the FDA. And many of us were, were tweeting at him to please just meet with the American Kratom Association. We just want to discuss regulation. And the American Kratom Association Association spent probably over a million dollars in, in, in getting the eight-factor analysis and, and from Dr. Jack Kevinfield, and, and, you know, we had all the science on our side, but if, if it was so dangerous and so deadly and Scott Gottlieb was so right, why wouldn't he meet with them? 
I mean, I, I don't understand that. I mean, the American Creative Association even had a timer as to how many days it's been since he has declined to meet with them. And, and if it was so dangerous and he had so much science on his side and was able to prove that it was this horrible, deadly substance, don't you think he would have sat down and met with them immediately to try to shut them down? I mean, the fact that he did not meet with them for, for almost a year or more you know, uh, it proves that why not? I mean, why didn't he meet with them? I, I don't understand that. Now he's no longer the commissioner. And I really hope that, uh, you know, going forward, we get somebody that is going to be able to meet and discuss scientifically the, the good points of, of Kratom, the good things. I mean, there's so many stories out there of success, people that have gotten their lives back, their jobs back, their families, their kids, their everything i mean it's it's just uh, a very passionate for total strangers i mean most people on twitter to me are, are, are total strangers I, I none of my personal friends or family are on twitter uh, it's strictly strangers and people that i've met through the through the year and a year and a half two years that i've been on there and uh you know it's become a passion a, a big passion of mine to spread truth and and stop the nonsense and the lies and these crazy articles that come out and they're always the same article it's just the same jargon just reworded and and recirculated over and over and over again you keep hearing about the same stories it's not like they have new stories and new uh, you know new cases of, of kratom overdoses on a, on, a, on a daily basis i mean it just seems to me that every time i look at an article yeah it may be dated today but i read that already i read it a year ago it's the same thing you know they just keep regurgitating the same stuff, but they just keep rewording it. These, a lot of the reporters out there, they don't do their due diligence. They just spit out whatever they're told. Yeah, like I was, I was saying, the uh, the 44 deaths that in in the on the video, they, they cite that, and I'm like, how can they even cite that? And I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, I guess technically they're telling the truth because they're just making a statement that the FDA said that. They're not claiming that. They, they're just reporting what the FDA said. So it's right. like these exactly. these word games that like right people. I, I was I, I was super excited for for that article. I thought I got everything through, and you know I had all my my fact sheet with me, and <clears throat> I, I really thought I had the reporter, the uh, the producer on my side, and uh, it just it like it didn't kind of, like people watched it and were like, what do you think of it? And everyone who was uh, family or a friend of the family who saw it was like that's okay that that was that was something like it, it, it was a hit piece so they they did exactly what they did to me at nbc it, it was no pe people are like okay I, I need more information like that that wasn't enough information at all like they cut it down they, I, I did i too i mean i brought kratom with me I made teeth right in front of them. I drank it in front of them. I brought fact sheets. I brought the eight-factor analysis. I brought everything with me. And they looked at it, and they wanted to hear about it. And I spoke to them about it. And literally, for two hours, I sat in there with the cameras on me and talking and answering all their questions. And I even, when I was making the tea, Chuck Scarborough came over, and uh, the, the girl that was interviewing me introduced me to Chuck Scarborough. I mean, I've been watching him my whole life in New York on NBC. So it was like, you know, I was a little starstruck, and here I am making a cup of Kratom tea in their, in their area where they have their coffee, and Chuck Scarborough standing next to me, and, and the girl that was interviewing me said, oh, you know, Chuck, this is Keith Pescucci. He's, 
he's showing us uh, Kratom tea. We're doing a piece on that. He said, what is that? He had no idea what it was. And and the reporter said, well, apparently, you know, it helps people with uh, with pain and anxiety and depression, and it helps people get off of opioids. And he was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. You know, well, good luck with that, you know. And then he walked away. And, and but I have to say, and I have to be truthful, um, my NBC interview was the evening before Scott Gottlieb declared Kratom an opioid. So I was told that it was going to air uh, in about two days, and I was excited about that. And, and then two days came, and the reporter actually called me and said, listen, we're going to have to postpone the story. And I said, why? And they said, well, the reporter that's going to report it on, on television is uh, they had a death in the family, so we're going to have to reschedule the airing date, and we'll let you know when it is. And they did. I mean, they did let me know, but it was about two weeks later. And uh, one of our mutual friends on Facebook, I don't, I don't want to use anybody else's name, but, but he's got a lot of credibility. Um, you know, I told him the whole story. I said, you know, listen, they, they, this is the next day that Scott Colley declared an opioid, and all of a sudden my, my piece was pulled and postponed, and he knew it. He knew it right away. He said, yeah, he said, there's no death in the family. He said, they are going to reword it. He said, and then they're probably going to take out a lot of what they were going to do because they promised me it was going to be a positive piece. They promised me that they were trying to find the positives in it. So in NBC's defense, uh, you know, it is possible that because of his declaration the next day, which was last February, uh, that that may have changed everything. I mean, that may have had them edit the entire interview and change it all around. Um, because like I said, I know that father of, of, the, of the kid that, that died. I mean, he was there and, and he spoke to me and he knew, he knew that it was helping his son. Yet they only aired the part where his son died from a kratom overdose. They never said one thing, nor did they have any part of his interview stating that he wanted research, that he saw the good in what it did for his son. And, uh, you know, that's, that was, that was, uh, I was waiting to see all this great stuff, all the things that I said, all the stats and facts and everything that I had, none of it, none of it got aired. And they, and they made it look, they made it look terrible. And if it wasn't for Senator Carlucci at the end, I mean, uh, I don't know, uh, that, that really would have been a, a poor piece for not just myself, but for the entire creative community, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you. I, and I, I, it, I felt I felt your pain when I saw your CBS interview. I was excited to see it. I mean, I see you on Twitter all the time, and I, I, I watched that, and I said they did the same thing to him. And as soon as I saw it, I saw it, I messaged you and said, I, "Same thing happened to me, buddy." I mean, you know. So it's, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy, but you know, I don't. At this point, if NBC or CBS or ABC were to come to me and ask me to do an interview, I wouldn't do it now. I'm not going to do it now. I'm not going to put my reputation on the line and let them manipulate my words and, and edit it out to make it look any way they want. I mean, uh, you know, NBC was the third interview. Uh, Pix 11 was first and Huffington Post was second and I was very happy with the results. So when NBC called me, I was really excited. Because that was, you know, that was big. You know, Tri-state New York City area, I was going to get a lot of exposure. And it aired during the Winter Olympics. Uh -huh. So, yeah, so it aired during the, inter the Winter Olympics. It was right after the Winter Olympics ended. It was the first news story that came on, like 11 o'clock news, and it came on that night, and I was so excited to see it. And I'll tell you, after I saw it, I just really, my heart sunk. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it probably had a lot to do with the, the timing, but it seems like, uh, yeah, the, uh, 
Re- reporters, yeah, I was asking about Nick Wing because he was the one that is, he's actually going to be coming on the show soon. Um, oh, that would be fantastic. I have to say Nick Wing has been an advocate for us and he's been a voice for us for a long time. Um, you know, his, his fact-checking and his, uh, you know, his, his search for truth and, and all the freedom of information requests that he put in from coroners and everything else that he has done. I mean, you know, I, I can't thank him enough personally. I mean, if you're going to have him on the show, please let him know that I thank him from the bottom of my heart because he really did his due diligence to show the truth about Kratom. And, uh, you know, that, that helps all of us when, when somebody credible like that has something good to say about it. Yeah, I, I, I will let him know. And, uh, yeah, he has been I – t- I told him that he's been instrumental in, um, I believe, uh, the U.S., the uh, American public not getting steamrolled by the government into a Kratom ban. If if he didn't uncover, uh, do the Freedom of Inf- Information Acts and uncover some of those uh, falsely reported deaths, uh, things could be very different right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. He uncovered a lot for us. And let's be honest. I mean, let's say... 44 people, let's say it was true. Let's say 44 people died directly as a creative overdose. That, I mean, that would be horrible. I mean, 40 foot, still 44 lives. But compared to cigarettes and alcohol and, and FDA-approved medications, and even over-the-counter medications like Tylenol and ibuprofen and, and, and naproxen sodium, like what happened to me, I mean, 44 versus millions? I mean, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are dying from from regulated FDA approved medications in, in the same time period that I've been taking kratom. So since in the last eight years, I wouldn't be able to come up with an actual number. But how many how many people have died as a direct result of of prescription FDA approved medication in the last eight years? So let's just say the forty four deaths were were true, and uh, which I firmly believe they are not. But if they were, uh, does that, uh, if there's three to five million people being helped by Kratom right now to stop them from taking deadly, illicit opiates, street opiates, fentanyl, all this other stuff that's available by the, through the mail. I mean, if you have people drinking a, a tea leaf, is it really, it's a no-brainer to me. I mean, that, that's just me, though. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why it, it has to be such a big target at this point in time. I mean, with all else that's going on in politics right now and everything else going on in Washington, how do they have the time to go after Kratom? I mean, of all things, it's a harm reduction tool. It's like vaping. I mean, come on, they're going after that too. Is that a coincidence, you know? I mean, that's just my opinion. I uh, know a lot of people share the same opinion. I, I think that's... Um... One of one of the main points I try to make to tell people is that it's it's a harm reduction tool. It's people are not only me or you, but uh, I've had many people report to me that they feel it's benefiting their lives uh, and helping contribute to a better lifestyle. So absolutely, I, absolutely, and I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, after I did the the Huffington Post and I did the Pix Eleven interview, I had a few friends, like childhood friends that I hadn't spoken to in a long time. We were friends on Facebook. Contact me. Uh, you know, they wanted to know all about it, and I, I was kind of wondering why they wanted to know. Well, they were secretly taking opioids, and they were taking prescription, not illicit, but some were on Suboxone, some were taking Percocet, some were taking uh, hydrocodone, Vicodin. 
you know, and I didn't, I, I didn't, these are friends that I've known my whole life, but I had no idea that they were even taking me. So they, in private, I mean, they, they said to me, I want to try Kratom. I would send it to them for free. I've had some of their wives call me to thank me for saving their husband's lives. That, if that's not a motivator to get out on Twitter and push and push for the truth on this, I mean, I don't know what is. And, and when I had those girls call me up and crying, thanking me for saving their husband's lives and, and guys telling me that they never thought they would ever get off Suboxone. They thought it would, they'd be on for the rest of their life. But now they drink Kratom tea and, and they no longer use Suboxone or, or, or Methadone. I mean, these are things that are that are so addictive. I mean, they're, and by design. They're, they're, they're designed to keep you on them forever. So what do you think your life would be different without Kratom? Had I not found Kratom ever? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm sure I would be morbidly obese. I'm sure I would still be in chronic back pain. I would, I would, who knows? I mean, maybe I would have gotten to the point where I couldn't take it anymore and I would have started using prescription opioids. Maybe that would have been the route that I finally went after going out of my mind trying to stop the pain for so long. Maybe I would have lost my job because I kept taking so many sick days. You know, who knows? I mean, maybe I, would, I, would, I could have lost my wife. I could have lost my job. I mean, you know, pain and uh, there's so many people on, on disability right now that could, could get their lives back with Kratom. I mean, you would think that the government would be pushing something like this to get people off of Social Security disability. Hey, if you found a, a substance that you could take and it's legal and it's a tea and, and you're going to and, and it can get you back into your job and it can get you working again and it can get you off of the government money. Why wouldn't they want that? I mean, I mean, it seems to me like uh, that's just a—it's just a win-win for everybody. I, I really do. And you know, my wife has asked me too. Like, you know, what do you what do you think if you never found Kratom? Where do you think you'd be? I, I tell her I don't—I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, my mother's an RN. I have MDs in my family. Um, my primary care physician knows all about Kratom because I told him about it. I told him that I use it, and uh, you know, he can't. He can't recommend that for his patients, but I've known my primary care physician my entire life because my mother was an RN at the same hospital as him. So he's been my primary care physician. I've known him since I was a little kid, and I went from a pediatrician to my current primary care physician. So for the last 30 years, maybe 33 years, I've been seeing the same primary care physician. So, I mean, if you if you were to ask him, you know, what happened to Keith, he would be able to tell you a pretty unbelievable story because <laughs> he saw me go through everything. I mean, and, and then you want to hear another funny story. Just about, I guess it was about eight months ago, I was at, I was down at the hospital where my mom was a nurse and I saw my orthopedist and he was driving out of the parking lot and I knocked on his window and he rolled down the window and he looked at me. Now, he's also known me my whole life because my mom worked at the hospital and he didn't even recognize me. And I said, it's me, it's Keith Pescucci. He said, holy cow, I haven't seen you in years. I mean, I was going to him for the back pain. You know, he was the one that gave me that, that one prescription, but I have to say in his defense, he was very, very cautious to do that because he has known me since I was a little kid. He warned me how dangerous it was. And I saw, you know, the control took over my own father. So I was very hesitant, very scared of opioids. I was, I, I was scared of them. But, you know, I, I gave him a try one time and it didn't work. And then I went back and he was prescribing me naproxen sodium, you know, high doses of, of prescription naproxen sodium, which is basically just a lot of a leave. 
so uh, when he saw me, he, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe the weight I lost. I told him how great I'm doing. I told him how, uh, you know, how I'm exercising and everything else. I don't know, the back pain is almost gone. I, I can do everything again. And, and I told him how. I told him it was crazy. He never heard of it. He had never heard of it. And I, haven't, I hadn't gone to him for an office visit in about five, five years. But, I mean, he, he couldn't believe it. And uh, did he go home and do research on it? I have no idea. I don't know if he did or not, but I told him what it was, and I told him how I was taking it, and he just said, you look great, I'm, I'm really happy for you, I'm proud of you, you know, keep up the good work, and he drove out of the parking lot, but that was, like, really cool to see my the orthopedist that, that was trying to help me out actually see the end result. <laughs> yeah, with without surgery. Yeah, and all the nurses. I mean, like, I grew up practically, my mother was a nurse for 45 years in this hospital, so, I mean, I was there. I grew up there, and I was there all the time. It's literally two blocks away from my childhood home, so all the nurses down there, all the, all, the, all of them, they all they all saw what I went through. They all know how I did it. You know, none of them ever condemned me. None of them ever said, oh, what are you crazy, you taking this stuff. Uh, uh, nobody ever said that. You know, I mean, they, that was my way of, of my way of explaining to them it was nothing but the truth. You know, I found this herb, this tea, it's kratom, and I told them about it, and, and they were like, "Wow, you know, that's that's pretty great." And like I said, there is, you know, even where I work, a couple of teachers had seen my NBC article and had asked questions about it, and then you know, also wanted to know where to get it. You know, these are not close friends or colleagues, so why they needed it, I, I really couldn't tell you. You know, I don't know. Their, their background stories or what but they were interested as to where can I get some well, yeah I mean it's, <clears throat> it's nice yeah it seems like whenever I can get in front of somebody and tell them about it um, it's like it's always a positive thing but the, the news always conflates it to being something like some, some deadly street drug um, right I mean I, you know that's not something I walk around telling everybody I see but if somebody says to somebody I haven't seen in a long time sees me and says oh, you know some people don't even recognize me and they say well you know how'd you do it how'd you lose all that weight how'd you, you know and I'll tell them I'll tell them point blank I found this this tea from Southeast Asia called Kratom and started taking it and uh, you know literally changed my life like on a dime it, it's just the, the motivation it gives me is fantastic like I look forward to every day now I wake up happy I go to sleep happy I, I, I look forward to every day Whereas I used to dread every day, you know, just getting out of bed was painful. Just getting dressed was painful. Getting it out of my car was painful. I mean, it was it was awful. I mean, it was not really a great existence. Let me tell you. If um, you had someone from CDC, FDA, or DEA, or any public official in front of you, or that may be listening, what would what would you say? What would you say to them? I would tell them to just listen to my story. And, and listen to the stories of, of the people that are out there contacting them on a daily basis. I mean, I see it. There are people contacting the CDC on a regular basis. There are doctors contacting the CDC on a regular basis. I mean, you know, what would I say? I, I would say, for one, let these poor people that are in agony get what they need within reason. I mean, you know, you can't just abruptly cut these people off and send them into tailspin withdrawal. and their lives are crashing down around them and, and, and the FDA and the CDC and the DEA are all fully aware of this. It's not like they don't know what's happening. They're being told every day by millions of people and they're not doing anything to try and fix it. They're not doing anything to try and help. The CDC just put out another report that, oh, it wasn't meant to, you know, it wasn't meant to be law. It wasn't meant to wreck people's lives, but, you know, it already did the damage and to undo it is going to take years 
I mean, to undo this damage. And in the meantime, we're losing lives. We're losing people. I mean, just on Mother's Day, I, I saw so many tweets uh, from people that uh, basically claim that, you know, had the CDC not done what they did, their mother would still be here. I mean, these are, these are moms that have died either due to severe pain and high blood pressure or suicide. So a lot of moms yesterday, you know, a lot of people lost their mom or their wife or something like that due to the CDC guidelines that were put out. And uh, I, I think it's I think it's it's a crime to do this to people. I mean, especially people that have been on on these medications for 15, 20 years, and they've been fine, and then they're working, and they're living a perfectly fine life, and they're happy, and they're they're spending time with their families. And and I mean, how can you just how do you just stop that for millions of people? I mean, and, and just leave them hanging like that. These doctors are terrified, which I understand. They got to take care of their families. They got to do what they got to do. So, you know, they're afraid too. They don't want to lose their license. Look at what the DEA is doing to these doctors. I mean, they're, they're taking away all of their assets. They're, they're freezing their assets, their money, so that they can't even fight back. So they're scaring the doctors so much that there's no doctors out there that will, will write prescriptions for these people anymore. And and you can't blame the doctors. I mean, they're protecting their practice. They're protecting their own interests, their own families, and you can't blame them for that. Yeah, I mean, it, I, uh, I forget where I, where I was reading it, but it was a recent article about, um, yeah, there was there's deaths and suicides from people that are getting cut off, and um, it's, it's a real shame because the... The, the doctors um, they're afraid so instead of dealing with legal precautions repercussions they're just kicking people out of their practice yep absolutely they're just dropping people left and right people post the letters up on twitter the letters from their doctor you know sorry but we're not going to be able to take care of you anymore good luck you know, I mean I mean if somebody's been on opioids for 20 years and that's their only source of pain relief to get a letter like that is just probably uh, devastating and I know it's devastating because I see it every day I mean you know you're on Twitter a lot too we both are we see the stories we see the letters we see the proof and uh, it just doesn't seem like the government is, is going to fix it anytime soon uh, you know the, the pendulum has swung all the way to the other the other way I mean, they're still trying to blame doctors for over-prescribing. There's nobody over-prescribing anymore. There's illicit fentanyl from China and Mexico. This is people doing street drugs now. Uh, you know, this is not, this was not caused by doctors at this point. Uh, you know, uh, there's no more over-prescribing. There's no more pill mills. They've all been shut down. Everything's done. So all the people that are ODing out there in the streets are not ODing from prescription medications. I mean, maybe one percent, but ninety-nine percent of these of these, and that's this is just my statistic. It's not a statistic, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, most of these people out there that are that are ODing, and it's from illicit drugs. And the sad thing is, God forbid, one of these people OD on fentanyl if they have a speck of kratom in them. Guess what? They're gonna roll a kratom death. Yeah, it's going to be kratom-associated, that's what they call it. Kratom-associated death. Kratom was in their system, yeah, along with who knows what else, but a bunch of with heroin and illicit fentanyl and everything else, but kratom did it. Oh, come on. I mean, you know, I mean, how many people are going to believe that? But it's amazing how many people do believe it. Yeah, well, because they're inundated with propaganda just Googling right. kratom. Right, right. Um, yep. So, like I said, back in 2011, when I Googled kratom, there was nothing negative about it. Nothing at all. 
it was all just good stuff and history of it and the, and the history of it and how it was used medicinally in Thailand and, and, and in Indonesia and you know why it was banned in Thailand. It wasn't banned because people were getting addicted to it. It was banned because it cut into the profits they were making off of opioids, off of, uh, you know, that that's off of opium itself. I mean, they, they were, Kratom was stopping people from buying opium. So the government was losing money. So they banned it. It wasn't a safety issue. But yet the FDA liked to throw that around left and right, how it was banned in its native country. But Thailand is, is, is doing its best, or they may even have legalized it medicinally or something to that effect at this point. Um, the laws are changing there. But I've also heard uh, just in an email today from the American Creative Association that uh, apparently the FDA was trying to convince uh, the, uh, the the powers that be over in Indonesia to stop exporting kratom to the United States. I don't know if you saw that email today. Yeah, I did. The um, I was just looking at that before you called. The uh, yeah. Indo- Indonesian health minister um, has been in talks with the FDA and apparently agrees with them. Um, right. I mean, and and is you know is that going to happen overnight? Obviously not. Um, but. I do know a lot of vendors are getting their shipments seized at, at customs and getting destroyed. And, you know, that's, they're just, they, the DEA won't, didn't schedule it. So the FDA has to try other ways to get their way. Yeah, I've, I've had packages seized um, by both customs and FDA. Now, customs, it was during that whole debacle, um, probably about a year ago now. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe a little less, but. Um, I think it was in November that they Indonesian distributors couldn't export um, their their version of the DEA basically found packages that were uh, for consumption and they shut down like the entire post at one point um, so I had package that was mislabeled and um, I unbeknownst to me my distributor labeled it as green tea thinking that would be better and they took one look at it. It's a new DEA flagging system that will that will flag any uh, keywords that that are how it's being declared from where it's from and uh, what it's being declared. So they took a look at it. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that they're they're just running a search on that. So anything like tea or green tea or matcha probably because it looks just like matcha. Yeah, any any and it's, if it's from Indonesia, green tea, or even if it's kratom, they're they're pulling them aside and they get a thorough inspection. Um, so Custom Border Patrol, they were like, "This is not green tea," uh, and so I had to produce paperwork that it was mine, that I own it, and that it was kratom, not for human consumption, and I got the packages back. Um, now you're very fortunate. I know a few vendors that lost you know tons yeah there's uh i want to say in colorado uh the vendor lost like five hundred thousand dollars worth of kratom something like that yep um the yeah the uh the packages from the fda though they're they still have those they're not giving them back no they're not going to give it back and a, a vendor that i know pretty closely that i've dealt with for many years now I mean, it wasn't a huge order, but he just got 150 kilograms uh, seized, and he's not getting that back. That just happened uh, about a month ago, and and you know, he hired uh, what's called a kratom broker, apparently somebody in Indonesia that is really good with the paperwork, and and I guess you know knows the the ins and outs 
of how to export it the best way with all the legal documents and so on and so forth. So, you know, he's, he's, he's going that route now. Now, of course, that, that price that it's going to cost him is going to be projected onto his customers. And But, you know, no matter what, whether it's FDA regulated or there's brokers involved, I mean, the prices are going to go up. The people that are that are putting it in Ziploc bags in their living rooms are not gonna are not gonna make it. You know, they just they're just not gonna be able to do that anymore. And and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I, I want to know that what I'm buying is what I what I'm getting. I want to know that it's great, and I want to make sure that it's not adulterated, and I want to make sure that it's safe. That it's been tested for for chemicals and and heavy metals and everything else. I mean, I don't want to put anything in my body that's gonna that's gonna hurt me. Yeah, so do you think that the Kratom Consumer Protection Act is the, the best way to move forward? I think it's, I, I definitely think it's a great idea, and I think it's starting to, to gain some footing. I, I, you know, we got three states going forward with it, and apparently uh, there's like maybe eight or nine other states right now that they're, they're actively pursuing getting that passed. And, uh, you know, but then you got a place like Ohio where, they're going after the Ohio Prescription Pharmacy Board, you know, and then they have them that recommending that it should be banned. I mean, there's just so much disarray. You have so many different hands in the cookie jar, so to speak. So it's just so much red tape to get through all of this. And, and you know, so what are you going to do? I mean, we, we petitioned, well, not petitioned, well, yeah, we did send a petition, but, I mean, how many people wrote to the Ohio Pharmacy Board and, and told them their wonderful stories of success, me being one of them, but didn't seem to change their mind. No, yeah, they seem to be set in it. Is there anything else you want to talk about or plug before we go? Nope. I mean, this was uh, fantastic. I, I really enjoyed speaking with you. I, I think we got a lot of stuff covered. I, 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 you know, I mean, I, I got out my basic points and the things that I wanted to get across. I just, well, you know, my, the bottom line is it, it should be regulated for safety and that's it. I mean, regulated for safety, like, like any other supplement. I would like, you know, like, uh, urbanized organics. I know is in some health food stores now and, you know, some, some supplements shops and things like that. And I think if Kratom was available, over the counter in places like GNC and, and the vitamin shop, and I, I think more people had access to it. Uh, I think it would be helping more and more people than the fact that you know you got to buy it online and you're ordering it. A lot of people don't know about it. Some people are leery. You know, a lot of it's word of mouth, and who do you trust? And, and you try to find people out there that have experience with it. And uh, uh, I got to tell you, I mean, almost every day I get a DM or two. Uh, asking me, you know, what what should I do? Have you ever heard of this vendor? Have you ever heard of this vendor? Is this safe? Is that safe? You know, but I, I always tell them the same thing. Look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. I can't give medical advice. You know, but I can tell you my story, and that's what I do. So if somebody asks me for recommendations or something like that, I basically tell them, this is what it's done for me. I mean, and if that's something that you're interested in and you're looking for the same effect or the same result, and maybe you should just try the same thing that I'm, you know, that I've done. You know, that's just the way I tell it. I, I, I don't give anybody medical advice. I would never give anybody medical advice, that's for sure. I mean, that's the one thing that the FDA is getting people on. I mean, these, a lot of these vendors are making medicinal claims, and uh, and that's a big no-no. And I understand why. Like, that's that should be something that, 
the, the vendors that are doing that, that are still doing that, that are making medical claims are the ones that are really causing a lot of these problems for the good vendors and for the consumers. Absolutely. So if you would like to get in touch with Keith, it is Keith Kratom Legal on Twitter. Uh, Keith, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Mike, and uh, we'll be in touch, and good luck with everything. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, Keith. Bye. Have a great day. So that's all I have for you guys this week. Um, Big thank you to Keith. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, Now, I know that interview went a little bit long, but... uh, it was just a great interview, great talk I had with Keith, so I wanted to keep a lot of it on there. Um, so yeah, let me know what you guys think of the, the new format. I think I'm going to be sticking with this, where it's going to be a intro to tell you what's on the show, a little update about me, and any business update I have, then Kratom news and current events, and whatever the... Um, special feature or special guest is which next week is going to be special guest nick wing former huffington post reporter um who's done so much for the kratom movement so stay tuned for next week's show so uh yeah let me know what you think about the show um the new format if i should keep going with that you can get in touch on twitter and facebook at boston kratom guy i do have a special deal going on right now um, if you're looking to purchase Kratom, please get in touch. I can send you my menu. And right now, until the end of June, any purchases over $50 will get free shipping or local delivery. And local delivery is up to 8 miles from Medford, Massachusetts, and shipping to anywhere that is legal. Um, I am going to have other ways to support the show. Uh, Kratom gear, t-shirts, hats, hoodies, um, once I Heart Kratom is up, as well as the, uh, the Mass Herbal Store, working on both of those. Uh, already in talks with some uh, excellent suppliers, getting some uh, really great herbal, natural uh, herbal products in. If you would like to become a supporter of the show, Uh, You can do so easily by hitting that support button in the uh, description below or directly on the Anchor app. Uh, Come a supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. But a big way you can help is with small effort, big help, like, comment, share. Now that really helps out. The algorithm tells um, wherever you're watching this or or listening to this um, that you like it. And uh, if you could be so kind as to leave an Apple podcast review... I have three stars in there. One person gave me a one star because uh, that was hard to listen to. So, um, constructive criticism is is good, but uh, I'd really like to get my my star rating up. So I'll leave you with this: uh, people are getting their lives back with the help of healing plants, healthier living, and exercise. These plants, like cannabis and kratom, are not gateway drugs. They are exit plants, an exit from proven deadly drugs and pharmaceuticals keep speaking up keep telling people tell somebody new every day about how much you're benefiting from kratom and together we're going to help to keep kratom legal safe and available for everyone that needs it till next time folks peace